0: New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. Of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across
2: the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts. Joe Lanza.
0: If this story was any good, maybe you people would understand it. You don't even understand the story. It goes over everybody's head. How great can it be? Maybe they need to talk more during these matches.
1: Rich Krage. This
2: is my entire life's goal is to be a WWE superstar. And now I am the NXT Women's Champion. You can take that. If you want that, great. Good for you. I want to to talk about getting roadhead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want out of my wrestling. Call me old-fashioned, Joe.
1: Yo,
0: it is the best wrestling podcast on earth. It is the flagship podcast. I, of course, am Joe. No worries. I know that I never do the intro. Rich is not on another one of his lavish vacations. He is here. Hello, Rich Krejci. Hello. Uh, There is a lot to get to. We have, man, I don't know. I sent you over some extensive notes. We've got a ton of different promotions to talk about. New Japan had their Lone Star Shootout. DDT had their ultimate party with Chris Jericho versus Kanosuke Takeshida. All Japan had, had their real world tag league has started up. We had a NOAA GHC title change a couple of weeks ago that we haven't had time to talk about, but that we will talk about this week. Dragon Gate. Uh, got back into Corkin after their big show with their uh, Gate of Evolution show, and we're going to talk about that. A Dragon Gate show that I actually enjoyed this year, Rich Craig. So I know that was going to be
2: my hot. T- I was very upset that that my hot take this week was going to be Joe. I got a Dragon Gate show for you that you were going to like, you were going to enjoy. I think it's classic Dragon Gate, and then I go on to our Discord, and you're like, "Ah, hey, this, oh, oh, this match is awesome. This match is great." I'm like, "Damn it! All right, well that's fine, but we can both be excited about Dragon Gate because I love that show too."
0: So we will get to that a little bit later. Uh, the monthly CMLL catch-up, I am finished with the month of October, so we will recap the month of October in uh, CMLL and get people all caught up on that. A bunch of other topics along the way, but of course, there is nowhere else to start other than full gear AEW. It is this weekend. We had the Go Home Dynamite. We will have the uh, rampage and the collision. Now, are they having a collision or is because full, full gear is on Saturday? What's going yes, on? Yes, collision that? is tomorrow. I uh, don't, I don't recall them mentioning that
2: too often yesterday. So I don't know. Well, whether, I didn't know. Yeah. Yes, uh, I believe collision is tomorrow. Right? Am I wrong? I, I'm almost positive it is airing at some point tomorrow. But I, I think it's. Let me get the exact timeline of that. So it is indeed happening tomorrow. As far as when it's airing, that I I don't Oh, it's head to head with SmackDown. So they're doing collision and then rampage. Collision will be head to head with SmackDown, where it should uh <laughs> Yeah, that's not gonna go well for oh, them. Oh, that,
0: that's right. No, 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 we did know about this because the last time they went head to head with NXT and AEW, we, we said in a few weeks that we're gonna do this all over again. But we're right, down, remember. right, 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 okay. right. There you go. So um so okay, so there and then there's gonna be a rampage after that or or, or in the normal time slot or I Correct. guess or I what's, believe so. You
2: know? I believe the rampage will be as normal collision, we'll just be so, up against so that. So counter.
0: they're doing a they're doing a three hour collision. Essentially, They'll yeah. Three
2: hour collision slash rampage, AEW super hour or whatever.
0: And then of course, uh on Saturday it'll be full gear. So uh there's nowhere else to start but there. So I mean, what do you think? You know, it, it's been an up and down build. I think that there's obviously a lot of stuff going on in the promotion that we haven't been thrilled about, but in terms of this pay-per-view, you know, the, uh, you know, the the television ratings have been down year over year for the majority of the year. Now at this point, um, quarter two and quarter three, the live attendance obviously has been down year over year average attendance. And there's actually uh Brandon Thurston put out a really good, um, KPI report on AEW earlier today uh, that that I'll bring up as as this conversation moves along, which really outlines a lot of those numbers. But the pay per views this year have absolutely continued to deliver both in terms of in the ring and they've done you know they've done a, a tremendous amount of buys as well. Tony Khan talked today how All In did over two hundred thousand buys and is the second most purchased pay per view in the history of the company. And uh, the pay-per-view business hasn't declined like the television ratings and the attendance have. And the quality of the pay-per-views haven't dropped. So uh, this is my long-winded way of asking you, do you think this is going to be a good show? And do you think it's going to perform in terms of buys? This is an interesting one in a lot of ways
2: because this is really, to me, the first AEW pay-per-view where – the rubber could potentially meet the road in terms of what we've seen over the last couple of months with, with AEW, where all in was, yeah, you and I were kind of uneven about the build, and I didn't really love it. But you could still see the roadmap. You could still see what they were trying to do. You could, Like we've said, and I've said time and time again, the Cole MJF story wasn't for me. But culminating all at all in was I, I got it. I understood what they were trying to do. I understood what it was going to be. One of the guys was going to stab the other guy in the back or whatever, and then we were going to you know move on to the next you know chapter of, of that story. That didn't happen but but regardless if it happened or not that was still just a, a a unique pay-per-view in a lot of ways it was the first time ever in Wembley a giant stadium show it had a a, a pretty damn good card on, on paper so that that all kind of worked out like that that that's one that even if I wasn't into the build and was like ah, I don't know the tv's not great at least at the end of the day it was it, it was Wembley it was a major major stadium show it was unique it was different it was it, it yeah that was gonna do well there was no doubt in my mind that 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 all in was going to do well. All out traditionally does well, and that all out show we wondered about. Okay, this is going to be tough coming, you know, week after all in or whatever. You know, back to back, you're you're putting a lot on on, on the ticket buying audience and the pay per view buying audience and all that sort of stuff. But really, it was fine. Like it it it's all out is traditionally a a great pay per view, and I think the card on paper looked fantastic. Yeah, it was only like in a couple you know day build or whatever. They didn't have much time to build it, but. I think they did a great job with the build. And and yeah, I was not surprised again when that one came out and was, was also good because it was like, all right, yeah, that, 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 those were two shows that deserved it. Forbidden doors, a whole different animal. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, those are always going to be special shows and, and they, they present them as special shows. So, so that looks, but to me, it's like full gear. We're finally here now where it's like, okay, we're fully in the quote unquote MJF era. Now we're fully entrenched in it. There's not a whole lot of super special attractions on this show. it is, for all intents and purposes, this is an AEW pay per view of the fall of 2023. You, you know what I mean? It, it has all the major stories, all the major players uh, of of AEW at this time. There's not a ton of big injuries. There's not a ton of big you know people coming in from the outside. It is an AEW pay per view in the fall. You know what I mean? Like and 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 it is that. So I don't know. It, it it's. I, I'm I'm very curious. I'm very 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 curious because on paper I don't know that this is a jump off the page pay per view. I don't know if this is a pay per view that I go oh man if if this wasn't my job I'd be clearing the calendar to watch it. I don't know if it is that I, I really don't. And that's- See
0: okay let me count let me counter that. See I think the reason that their pay per view numbers haven't declined with the rest of the consumer metrics is I think that they have earned consumer trust sure. with the quality of their pay per views and I think that fans like us who might be turned off by the tone of the TV, who might not buy tickets anymore, who might not watch the TV every week. We still keep one eye on the promotion. And I think that there's a certain level of trust that, Oh, it's an AEW pay-per-view. It's going to be great. It's going to be, I mean, a lot of these AEW pay-per-views, even this year have ranked among, in our opinions, the greatest American pay-per-views of all time. They're always really fucking good. So My take on it is I think the pay-per-view will do well because I think that there's still a lot of consumer trust that the pay-per-view is going to be good. And I think until they have a bad pay-per-view or until they have a pay-per-view that sort of matches some people's opinions of the overall tone of the promotion, uh, I think that'll remain strong because I think people know they're going to get their money's worth. If they buy an AEW pay-per-view. So I, I that's think they kind
2: do. Of... No, no. And I, and, and I, I agree with you. I think there's, there is some confidence in there, but I, I, I do look at this show on paper and I don't know that this has the same oomph as a lot of other AEW pay-per-views in the past half. I think at best, you're looking at young bucks, golden jets, there's not a ton of, you know, I, I think that'll be great. Like, you know what I mean? Like I see that, that match on a card and I go, okay, I think that's probably going to be pretty damn good. Now the story, eh, there's not a ton to the story. It's a little haphazardly put together, but Hey, it's the young bucks and it's Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. I think I'm fine with that match. I'm sure that match is going to be pretty good. Uh, hangman and, and swerve. We'll talk about that a little bit more. That is one that I I'm like, all right, cool. I, I circle that as like, that is a match that I do want to see. I got to scroll a lot more down. I, you got Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, which I do think I want to see. There's just not, you know, I is there as much intrigue as there was for All Out for John Moxley and Orange Cassidy? No, but but those guys have definitely earned that. So I think Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, to a lesser extent, is a match that I circle and go, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And MJF and Jay White, your mileage may vary on that. And I think that's probably where a lot of people are going to come down to. I, I don't know if that's going to be like the ticket buying, you know, decision is do I care about this main event, so I'm I'm going to buy the show or not. But you know, I look at at, at an AEW pay per view, and I see two matches that I'm I'm really looking forward to, one match that I'm kind of looking forward to, and a main event that I don't know with a straight face that I can say I'm looking forward to, and and I'm trying to buy myself into it. And I'll tell you, we'll talk about the the the, the, the go home show and Jay White's promo and all that sort of stuff. That promo helped me get closer to being there but i don't know if i'm there all the way in terms of do i really 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 want to see mjf and jay white for the world title right now not really like sort of kind of and there's some reasons why i do want to see it but it doesn't strike me as a main event that's like oh yeah that is that's a main event that people are going to want to buy and want to see and do all that sort of stuff so you're really looking at a pay-per-view that for me has the bucks uh, Jericho and Omega, and, and your mileage may vary on that one too. and has Paige and Swerve, which I think is is should everybody should probably be excited about that one. I, I can't imagine many people not super excited about that one. And then yeah, if you want to put Cassie and Moxley in that in that same boat, you can as well. Man, the the title four way, don't care. TBS title, good God, I do not care about that. Sheeta and Tony Storm, we'll get to that. I mean, some people might pretend to care, but I can't. And then the the Sting match has the intrigue of Sting, but I don't know. Are you really looking forward to? cage luchasaurus nick wayne versus copeland allen and 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 sting like i, I don't know that i really am so that's what kind of where i come down to is a lot of these AEW pay-per-views on paper whether i like the builds or not you can kind of you know look at it and go shit that's a hell of a show man look at these matches i don't know if this one has that same oomph that a lot of those other AEW pay-per-views do now will it still probably be a so, good show well, it, it probably uh, will well, yeah well that's what
0: i want to know that's a lot of words is it going to do well or not
2: I don't know. I can't tell you what the ticket buying. I mean, the ticket buying audiences has reflected what they thought of the fall of 2023 for AEW. They're going to
0: have 11,000, 12,000 people in the building. They will. Yeah. I think some of that is the return to LA. Uh, but clearly if the show wasn't connecting, they wouldn't have sold these tickets. So, I mean, and and, you know, they're pushing up that, you know, they they may end up having another million dollar gate as well. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, um, you know, the, the show's delivering at the at the gate. So, I don't know. I think the pay-per-view is going to do well. So, you, you the jury's out. You don't know. Uh, you're going to wait and see. And, you know, I don't think it looks like a great show on paper. But I do think it looks like a good show on paper. And until AEW proves to me that, they, that they're not going to have great pay-per-views, I think it's going to be a great pay-per-view as well. I just think that everybody has their working shoes on for these things. And... Um look, I, I think there's gonna be some stuff on the show that we hate. I think there's no question about that. Because uh I'm telling you right now, I, I, timeless Tony's gonna wrestle in black and oh, white. Oh, that bet fucking house. If my bookie was taking
2: odds on that, and I said that weeks ago. We house, said that weeks ago. We were we were on on it weeks ago and they have not let up on it. Yesterday, opening the door and it goes to black and white, closing the door, it's back to color, opening the door back and it's black to back and white. Absolutely. She is coming out. A car sheet is going to come out first. It's going to be color. And then Tony's going to come out and it's going to be in black and white. And the announcers are going to be like, oh, my God, what's going on here? I guess we're going to wrestle this match in black and white. And it's like, yeah, a positive, positive bet. The fucking house that that match is going to be in black and white for sure. And that's going to suck. And it's going to be stick heavy. And she's going to slap Sheeta's ass. And she's going to throw a bunch of shoes at it and stuff like anybody that thinks that that bell is going to ring. And you're going to get, you know, Tony Storm of a year ago. Tony Storm was six months ago. You're out of your fucking mind. That's not her anymore. Not with this character.
0: Yeah, so you know, at some point they're gonna roll Roderick Strong out there to do his shtick. You know, the giraffe was back this week. But um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm banking on the show delivering Bell to Bell because they haven't proven to me that I mean, I I do think they still pride themselves on that. The the roster is too good,
2: and I've said that before. Like as 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 uneven as the creative has been this year, this roster is still too damn good. That if you roll the if you roll the ball out, you know what I mean. Let these guys play, type of thing. Where you say, all right, you know what? Just wrestle. Just I mean, there's nobody. There's no roster in wrestling history that is better at wrestling than these guys. You know what I mean? Like you can you give these guys four hours. You give each of these guys twenty to thirty minutes or whatever to, to to do their thing. Yeah, you're 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 going to have a good. I mean, this roster is just too damn good for it to get bogged down, and that would be the real moment when when, when one of these pay per views does get bogged down or it doesn't work or the wrestling isn't good or whatever. That's when you can ring those alarm bells even louder. But right now, I'm kind of with you. I think the pay per view is probably going to be do well. Uh, uh, it's probably going to be a good pay per view. Will it do well? I don't know. I, I can't say with any confidence right now because I just don't know. AW's, the business has been kind of weird. Like you are saying, there's 11,000 people here, but you read off those KPIs that, that, that Brandon Thurston did. I mean, from a live event standpoint, a lot less people are going to shows. And from a TV standpoint, a lot less people are watching the show. So I can't imagine at some point that has to catch up to them, especially this is kind of a weird time around the holidays as well. There might be people being a little more tight around the wallet. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I I'm not.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to do well because the shows are always good, but just speaking to that, yeah. Brandon put out that KPI report, which is the key performance indicators. And you look at the ticket sales quarter one. Okay. The the company uh, was, was, was beating the previous year, year over year. The problems have, have started with AEW beginning in quarter two. Now, does that line up with when I said the tone of the show changed? Uh, it might, but this isn't the week to do that victory lap. I think I've done that one enough and and, and beaten that dead horse into a, a bloody pulp. But you look beginning of quarter two with uh, the tickets distributed and they were down. There were 128,000 tickets distributed quarter two in 2022. In 2023, the number was 120,000. So they were down about 8,000 tickets distributed year over year. But in 2022, they only ran 18 shows. In 2023, they ran 23 shows. So the average amount of tickets uh, per show uh, was significantly higher in 2022 versus 2023, even though it was only 8,000 total tickets difference. Okay. So that's where the problems began. They had less tickets distributed and they ran more shows, which is a bad combination. And then you look at quarter three, which is the quarter that just wrapped up that Brandon put this report out on. It's on WrestleNomics, if anybody wants to see it for themselves. If you take out all in, because it would be preposterous to to, to leave it in. That's an outlier. We can compare year over year next year when they do Wembley again, right? But you can't compare this year with Wembley against last year without Wembley. So if we remove all in, okay, they distributed 126,000 tickets in quarter three this year versus 94,000 tickets last year. But they also ran 26 shows this year and only ran 16 shows last year. So when you look at the average tickets distributed per show, last year it was about 5,900. This year it's about 4,900. So in quarter three, they're down about 1,000 fans per show. But they're running more shows. And they ran all in, which was another 80,000 people, right? and they uh, obviously are running more pay-per-views this year. They're running more shows overall. They're running more pay-per-views. Uh, the company is making more money, but it's it's out of volume. The consumer metrics are down, okay? So if you just look at Dynamite, it's the same story. Quarter one, they had year-over-year growth. But beginning with quarter two, you look at the tickets distributed. and And remember, because this is broken down by quarter and Dynamite is weekly, it's now an equal amount of shows. Right. Same, same 13, 13,
2: 13, we, uh, 13, 13 shows, 13 every, every shows there
0: is 52 weeks a year. So it's going to be 13 weeks per quarter. And uh, they were down uh, 1200 tickets in quarter two uh year over year. And in quarter three, uh, there were, uh, uh, they averaged 5.7 thousand fans in 2022 and they averaged 4.9 thousand fans in 2023. And if you want to take that back to 2021 uh, there are 2000 fans down from 2021 in quarter three, where they were averaging almost 7,000 fans per dynamite two years ago. And we're down to under 5,000 in terms of tickets distributed. Tickets distributed, and these numbers are wrestle ticks. So it's not necessarily tickets sold, but it's going to be close enough. And it gives people uh, the general idea of what's going on. So as you can see, there's a ticket trend both for dynamite and overall since quarter two of this year, which is not good. And it has continued in quarter four, obviously. There were, what, 3,400 people at that Dynamite last night, okay? Last year, quarter four Dynamites averaged 4,300 people. So, and when we've seen all the advanced ticket sales. They're dire. And it's the same story with the, with the television ratings, okay? Dynamite is down 11% in total viewership. Rampage is down 20% in total viewership year over year. And, you know, before you go pointing to lost cable homes and everything, that's higher than the rate of lost cable homes. But uh, what Brandon did is he compared it to other, tbs and tnt originals and when he says originals what he means is other shows that rate on the top 150 on the daily chart so no reruns of sitcoms or anything like that the other tnt and tbs shows that that rank on the chart whether it's nba or nhl or, or whatever else well you know those shows are up three percent they were up three percent in the third quarter so aw is now strongly underperforming the other programming on their own networks to a pretty massive degree. Right. And, and it's the same story in the key demo down for dynamites down 14% in quarter three rampage is down 19%. And the other uh, TBS and TNT originals are essentially flat in, in the demo as well. So, uh, you know, and, and again, these trends all started right around the second quarter of this year and they continue into the fourth quarter, but, Again, overall, because they're running more shows. I mean, they ran 27 shows in the third quarter versus 16 shows last year, and they obviously have added uh, what they uh, two pay per views. All in World's End. Uh, am I missing one? No, because they ran five not before. Yet. Yeah, we're
2: we're gonna start that pretty soon. Next but right year, now, it's right now, oh, yes, yeah.
0: yes. Right now, not World, World's
2: End is gonna be the first. I guess you have All In. Obviously, you have All In, which was a special show, that, but. And, world. Well, that's on the calendar. now. he's doing it every year. Right, right, right. No, so you add world, you add all in, and now you add World's End, which is going to be kind of what the first official, like to me, for the all in and and
0: World's End, the first. Well, I guess Rez, no, fuck Wrestle Dream. We forgot
2: about Wrestle Dream. Of course, oh Wrestle Dream. So yeah, three, eight, three.
0: So yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and there's more coming next year. Make no right. doubt about it. I mean, if if you heard Tony Khan's comments on the media call today, you know he talked about how you know he has studied this and and this. He's you know this year he has added these shows and they've all done well all ended better than any show other than the punk return. So yeah, they're going to add more mm-hmm. and they should add more. If the shows are going to perform, they should add them.
2: Okay. We've reached the point like every wrestling company does. And everybody, everybody always says, and this happened in 1997 and it happened in 1996 and it happened in 1995 and it happened in 1993. You can go read the observers of all those years at the time is people will say, I can't, uh, I can't add pay-per-views. It's going to, you're going to, you're going to burn the audience out. The audience is going to want to buy anymore and the never works that way yeah never ever works that way in 1993 when eric bischoff said "Well, why aren't we running more fucking pay-per-views everybody said oh eric you're gonna burn the territory out he just said no uh we're gonna do it and guess what happened they, you know, maybe they lost a couple pay-per-view buys here and there in the short term, but then little by little, all those people came back, and then more, and then more, and then they just made more a ton more money. And the same thing happened with WF when they said, ah, oh, no, Eric's going to kill himself. They're going to burn the territory out there. Eventually, Vince McMahon then had to say, ah, you know what? We'll do the in-your-house thing. We'll do those for, you know, 19 99 or nine ninety nine 99 or whatever the hell they were, and and we'll do that because we don't want to burn the audience out or whatever. And then eventually, they just made those full-on pay-per-views, and they made more money than ever. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it's inevitability. In professional wrestling, that this is going to happen. The idea of doing quarterly pay per views, I love it. I think it's a great idea. It makes for fun. I I think fun builds the shows, and it makes the shows super super special. But if you're running a business, the monthly pay per view model, I uh, we've proven now for for two decades at this point, the the monthly pay per view model is is definitely the way to go. So it, it's going to happen. It was just it was an inevitability that at some point it was going to get there, and now and now we're here.
0: It's a matter of time. But right now, this is a company, and this might sound familiar where the consumer metrics are down and continuing to go down, but they're probably not probably, they are making more money overall, right. making you more know, money. So, from TV
2: getting more extra t- money from, from Turner and right. from Warner. And the only yeah.
0: concern though. Now the concern here is this is a really bad, this is really bad timing for your television ratings to uh, be doing so poorly year over year in comparison to the other programming on the network that you're negotiating right. with. This is poor timing. Um, I am still confident they're going to get a television deal because dynamite in particular performs so well. Uh, It's very often uh, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of weeks where it's the number two show on cable, excluding, you know, uh, sports uh, behind raw, you know, and, and, and that's extremely valuable. We'll find out how valuable when they get their deal and even rampage and collision with, the uh, sometimes ugly looking numbers that they do still perform well in their time slots and on their days, you know, they're not the runaway successes that dynamite has been, but um, I would think that those shows are considered uh, better performers than what uh, WBD could have in those, uh, some of the alternatives that they could have in those slots, but we'll see, you know, I I do, I'm confident they'll get a deal, but this is certainly poor timing. You don't want to be, you know, Eleven percent down and fourteen percent down in the demo when you know the other programming on the network is holding up just fine. When you're in the heart of a of of a media rights negotiation, that you know the the timing has so much to do with these. Oh, for sure, and 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 it's it's going
2: to be a volatile negotiation this year uh, as well because you're you're competing up against. You know, the NBA is, is, is getting in the mix and they want a fucking absolute shit ton of money. And Warner obviously wants to be involved in that and some other networks are trying to get their hand in there. So so you have that going on. You have the NBA going on. You just have a ton of other things going on at the same time and and, and just a volatile market with the RSNs potentially collapsing or whatever. And it, it it's you know, this deal is a lot easier done two years ago. You <laughs> know This deal is so much easier done a year ago. But, be, you know, being done right now it's a very volatile time and nobody's quite sure what the hell the the, the landscape is going to be for sports tv and this idea that it was just going to always, you know, go up 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 and exponentially up 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 every single time you signed a new deal now things are, you know, they're they're still going up, make no doubt about it. People are still signing gigantic gigantic deals, but they're not going up to the levels that everybody thought they were going to go up. And that's maybe starting the 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 bubble's not bursting, but it's it's certainly, you know, it it's not Growing, you know what I mean? Like the bubble, it, it, we don't know what it's going to do. Like, there's going to be well, it there, stopped growing at the exponential rate right, that right, we're used right. to. It's not, you know, you t- just look at overwhelming the world anymore, like it was before. This yeah, unsustainable, you just look at, you just like it's, yeah, go, go you ahead. You look
0: at SmackDown not getting the expected raise, but they still got a raise, right? You look at that women's soccer league, the National Women's Soccer League, which I, I honest to God, didn't even know existed, and they just signed a mega television deal. That stunned me. I was like, "Who?" I didn't. First of all, I didn't know it existed, and then I was like, "What kind of numbers could it possibly be doing?" And then, you know, the championship game did like nine hundred thousand viewers or so. It basically does uh, AEW numbers, and you know, so I, I don't know if you want to look to their deal as maybe a comp for AEW. What they get ninety million over uh, something how like many, that. Me, yeah, yeah. I, I will NWSL, say WSL. Let me pull that up. Yeah, yeah. I
2: try to get the numbers there, but I will say one of the things that was kind of startling and 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 very upfront. And we were kind of on top of this and, and discussed this for, for years, talking about how Fox with, with SmackDown, they they wanted big numbers on, on for SmackDown. They 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 got what was it, four million out of the gates, I think that first week. And we all kind of said, okay, what's week two? Nobody gives a shit about week one. Everyone's going to check it out week one. That was going to be a big show. You had The Rock on it. You had all this sort of stuff. What's week two going to do? And and we did it at the time. We did that show and said, whoa, okay. They they went to like 2 million almost immediately after and then kind of settled there pretty quickly. And it wasn't just the raw numbers that Fox wasn't happy with. And and, that, and I don't know that they were jumping for joy over the numbers. You know, you could kind of split hairs about that. It's still, you know, getting that amount of people to watch, you know, a, a show on Friday nights is, is still pretty good. But what Fox was able to say and, and, and very publicly say over the last couple of weeks – you know, when they didn't re-sign WWE and they said, oh, yeah, they can go to USA or whatever, is that the ad rates were not what they thought, that the ad money was not what they thought it was going to be. And that was – that's something that we haven't heard in wrestling in a very, very long time. That was the stuff you heard about wrestling in the 90s and in the early 2000s and that sort of stuff when it was doing mega numbers, but the ads were not the, – the, the the amount of money you could charge for an ad – wasn't worth it you know, to, to to advertise on Raw and to advertise on Nitro. Go back and watch those shows. They're, they're not getting prestige advertisers because the rates just weren't matching. And that was something that, that WWE had to combat almost all throughout the 2000s. And I think it was uh, Bonnie Hammer, I, I believe, was in charge of NBCU at that time. And she kind of decided, well, here's what we're going to do to kind of help Make WWE get better ads is we're just going to say if you're buying ads from NBC Universal properties and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if you remember the details of this exactly, but basically said, we're just going to lump WWE into all of our properties and you're going to buy ads from NBCU and then we're going to decide what we're going to put your ads on. And that sort of helped WWE's ad rates tick up a little bit. But then we see Fox coming back this time and saying, yeah, we we just couldn't get the the amount of ad rates that we wanted to get on on broadcast television for WWE programming and now is that going to matter as much for an AEW if they're going to stick to cable probably not but I think that was still something to to make note of is that you know despite all this stuff about you know what the the numbers that wrestling is 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 presenting and you talked about it right there with the 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 National Women's you know soccer league perhaps the the ad rates are enough where they're like all right cool We'll, we'll we'll spend a little bit more money we're going to get better ad rates. And yeah, they might do the same viewership as a wrestling program might, but we're we are we're definitely going to do better in terms of ad rates, prestige advertisers, that sort of stuff, than we are with professional wrestling. And, and that also plays a part in, in all these TV rights negotiations too.
0: So their championship game did 915,000 viewers. The year before it did 817,000 viewers. I'm looking for their numbers for their regular season. I would assume it's obviously much lower than that. But same ballpark in total viewership than what AEW is doing. Their deal is $240 million over four years. They got 60 million a year. I would think that Tony Khan is going to be going to want more than that. Uh, I would hope. deal. Yes, I would certainly hope so. Um, then $240 million over four years, but it gives you a ballpark. Okay. Um, you know, and obviously the advantage for wrestling is that it's year-round and it's not in seasons. And uh this television deal. For the nwsl was also uh with four different entities cbs espn amazon and something called scripts what the hell is Scripps? scripts uh the the nxt guy right scripts
2: guy with the orange yeah mask? i guess so yeah yeah i He's guess gonna
0: uh, air it at his house yeah i don't know scripts yeah. there's this
2: tv network called scripts i
0: i don't know it says cbs espn amazon and Scripps. how do you spell scripts z what are we talking here is Scripps?
2: Scripts TV? Eh, I don't know. Cool.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I've literally never heard of Scripts, but good for them. Is it a streaming service or I, something? It's... What is it? I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who cares? The point <laughs> is they got a they got a forty time raise over their last deal for those numbers. So this is why I'm confident that AEW can is going to secure a deal, and and I think it'll be a better. I mean, that might give them a template. I mean, they certainly are more valuable than this NWSL running year round and all those sorts of things. Although, like you just said, maybe, you know, the pro wrestling demographics make it harder mm-hmm. to sell the ads. But but the other uh, flip side of that is that was a Fox problem. That was a network problem. The network is a
2: bigger deal for the for people listening. Selling ads on a network is much more important than selling ads on cable. Now, do you want to sell good ads on cable? Of course you do, but it is paramount that you sell good ads on broadcast. It is not as as big Uh, of a deal. The bigger name
0: of the game on, on cable is carriage fees and being on as many cable systems as possible and charging as much as possible for those cable systems to carry TNT and TBS. So that's priority number one for a cable network, and selling the ads is priority number two. For Fox, like Rich was saying, they were looking at SmackDown and they weren't getting banged for their buck with the with the ads because, you know, first of all, SmackDown wasn't giving them the numbers that they were expecting. They were okay. But they, look, we said that throughout the whole deal mm-hmm. and people thought we were nuts. But, you know, I thought SmackDown was going to have to average around 4 million total viewers for them to get the demo to because uh, the demo allegedly Fox's expectations were to do a one every week a 1.00 in the demo and SmackDown kind of settled in between a 0.5 and a 0.6. So, you know, doing a little bit over 2 million total viewers. So if they would have been closer to 4 million total viewers, that demo number would have been closer to that one that Fox was looking for on a weekly basis that they never got, you know, and, you know, Fox was always very lukewarm about that relationship yes. when asked
2: about it. We, 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 and- we. If you were listening to this show, you know that any time that a, a microphone got put in front of a Fox executive and they talked about WWE, it wasn't glowing. It wasn't always. Oh my God, we couldn't be happier with what we've received with WWE. It was a lot of weird language about, yeah, we're we're, you know, they have momentum or we're trying to get them to a certain level or you know, it was all kind of this guarded language and this weird language. And and you and I read it as. These dudes aren't happy, and how could they be? We there saw were, the numbers. Listen, we saw the fucking
0: numbers. We looked at them. We know what we're doing yeah, here. Yeah, there were lukewarm numbers, and there were some quotes that were flat-out negative. Right. I mean, <laughs> tor- towards the end of the relationship, there were some quotes from some Fox execs that were like, oh, well, it's not performing as we expected it to, but, you know, it, it generally wins the night and all this. So, you know, you kind of felt like that was going to fall apart. Now, selling ads isn't quite as important on cable, and what's more important on cable is being closer to the being the number one cable network. Because then you could charge carriage fees that uh, correlate to being a top 10, top five, a number one cable network. And that's what USA has been gaming it for years because Monday Night Raw has been shooting them up those, those, you know, Raw has carried USA for much of USA's existence over of, the last...
2: Almost, almost all of USA's existence, and its, its ability of being the quote-unquote number one network on cable... Is thanks be- to Raw. Is, is thanks to Raw. It was, it was thanks to them in the 90s, it was thanks to them in the 2000s, and there was the brief period, obviously, where they went to spike, uh, where WWE went to spike, and go look at those numbers. Uh, USA was more than happy to bring them back uh, you know, when, when, when they were uh, you know, eligible to come back as well. So, uh, yeah, USA largely propped up over a lot of its history through WWE and, and, and through Raw.
0: Yeah. So maybe Warner Bros. Discovery is thinking in the same way and okay, well, this dynamite show has given us 800, 900,000 viewers a week and that's uh, significantly propping up our average and, and it, it, there's value there uh, from that standpoint. And, um, you know, and, and away you go. So I, I I think they'll get their deal is my point here. Um, so it, m- the reason I bring all of this up, their business trends is again, the pay-per-views haven't followed those consumer metric trends at all. Generally, when consumer metrics begin to fall, and that's almost always due—I mean, there's a direct correlation to well, then people just aren't happy with what's happening on screen, right? That's the first thing to drop, or the or consumer met- less people are going to watch if there's less interest in the show. Less people are going to buy tickets if there if the if the show isn't as good as it was, or there's less. In- that's just you know that's that's obvious, okay? But for whatever reason, that hasn't happened with their pay-per-views, so. Uh, until I see evidence that the pay per views are also going to fall off the shelf in the same way that the ratings and the live attendance have, um, you know, just to circle back to what started this entire business conversation, um, I am betting on the pay per view doing well. But um, I suppose we will see. And I guess we should preview the thing, right? So
2: well, let's do it. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: for, before we preview it, I uh, do want to let
2: everybody know. Obviously, we're going to be doing instant reaction live this Saturday, immediately following. Uh, Full Gear. So if you're watching Full Gear on Saturday when the show is over, FlagshipPatreon.com $10 tier. Uh, We'll go live about 5 or 10 minutes or so after the show ends. Uh, Always an extensive, extensive review and recap of the entire show. Usually two hours plus two to three hours we we go deep on every single match thoughts about every single match thoughts about the finishes thoughts on the story all that sort of stuff uh it's an awesome time to be there live too that the chat room is always buzzing uh we're always in real good moods and having fun too so definitely a a show that you're going to want to check out uh that's gonna be on our ten dollar tier flagship patreon.com immediately following uh full gear uh this saturday should also mention as well that uh if you're going to order the show on Fight, make sure you use that code slash fight. Order it on
0: slash fight. How come, again, now I'm reading this off of ESPN. The NWSL announced a new four year media rights deal that will partner the U.S. Women's uh, Soccer League with CBS Sports, ESPN, Prime Video, and Scripps Sports. What the fuck? It, uh, Google doesn't even bring anything up. For I know. This I'm looking at it,
2: So, I... <laughs> I'm finding that it's a it says it's a division of EW Scripps Company, which obviously is like the Scripps Howard National Spelling Bee or whatever. But then I don't know what the fuck this thing is though. Like, how do I watch Scripps Sports? Like, what channel is Scripps Sports? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I I'm on their website and I can't even figured it out. So Scripps is Maybe uh, it's Scripps a, Sports is, is, is a, a low level.
0: I, I don't know. Sure, is it a low level cable network that has like no subscribers. I hmm? can't figure out how to watch this. So anyway. The Arizona Coyotes have reached a four year deal with Scripps Sports and will become <laughs> the second NHL team to broadcast games over the air. This was in October. This okay. has to be a, an emerging Okay. So so I network.
2: have this I have this figured out. I guess that they may license content or they own the Ion network. You know, Ion television. Have you ever watched yeah. Ion? Yeah. yeah, that's so the NWSL will have twenty five weeks of regular season matches on Saturday nights per season on Ion television.
0: Okay, okay. So, all right. So, Script Sports is a parent company of probably some networks we've heard of. Yes, but it also looks like, in,
2: in terms of the Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights, it looks like they
0: own, are they are,
2: unquote. is it an RSN? But then they're sending it out to different affiliates. So, I don't know how that works out. Nah, I have no. Jesus Christ. All right, whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> no clue. Is, so,
0: I can't just turn on Script Sports. I don't, it's think, not you like,
2: could, I don't think you can go to your dial and, and find Script Sports, no. I think this is
0: infuriatingly confusing i think it's I on the this. ion
2: network and it's like a division of the ion network or whatever who the fuck knows so all
0: right well if there's anyone listening who is an arizona coyotes or vegas golden knights fan i want to know what channel you watch those games on then maybe we can we can figure this out right so um i'll let that hang and see if anybody in the chat chimes in but yeah i guess we should preview this uh this full gear show. Let's do it. All right. Let's start at the top here with uh, a W world title match uh,
2: MJF versus Jay White. And uh, I thought the go home promos were a perfect dichotomy of where we've gone in the last couple of months. And, and, and the last quarter of a W is you have MJF out there cutting a that promo that he cut on dynamite was fucking
0: brutal. What has happened to MJF? I'm sorry. What is going on here? Well, listen, I've talked a lot about it behind the paywall, so I guess the floor is yours it, to express your I, display. Halfway with. through
2: that promo, I'm like, this has to be tongue-in-cheek, like this guy's clearly turning heel thing, right? It's so on the nose. It's so awful, this... this It's like 1995 Hulk Hogan, but with no confidence. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he is. He's like, I'm going to reach my hand out, and I want you to grab it because I want you to believe in me. And I don't know if you should believe in me, gosh darn it, because I don't know if I'm going to let you down. It's like, what? It's like a Hulk Hogan promo, except he's like, oh, I'm not going to lead you to war. No, just go on your own. I'm not going to be able to do it. It's like, what's going on here? Like, what is this? It's like half of this just, like, weird Screamy bravado, but then he's like, "Oh darn it! I don't have any confidence. I can't
0: do it. I'm just gonna let you all down, and I don't want to do that." Like, who wants this? Who's this for? And this- then what's funny about it is, then every week Jay White basically oh calls him out God. on this. Yes, thing. and then Jay White comes out and goes, "MJF, cut the shit. Nobody believes this
2: bullshit. You're a fucking villain. You're evil. You're awful. Qu- well, cut he the was me bullshit. Be- like, let's get on
0: with this. Come on, what are you doing here?" He said, this is not who you are. (laughs) (laughs) You are a villain. And it's like, you know, MJF is just trying to his whole deal lately has been he's trying to be everything to everyone. He's still trying to retain the idea that he's a scumbag. He's still trying to retain this, you know, but now he's 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 also doing kind of this this weird. He comes across like some whiny millennial on Twitter who's looking for attention and wants some likes. So they tweet about how they're working hard every day to be a better person. And I'm better so tired. Selves. I'm just so tired. Yeah.
2: yeah
0: and it's like um, that doesn't fit him at all. It just comes off inauthentic, you know, and, and it's uh, it's it's he's looking for avenues like, you know, previous to that. It was the crowd response stuff, which to his credit, he stopped doing because he got a lot of criticism for it, took it to heart, admitted it stunk and adjusted. You know, he dropped the tofu stuff which Jay White also called him out on a couple weeks ago. You know, oh, how come you don't call me tofu anymore? You know, he's like, you know, and and he, he, he made fun of him for bringing up the Google trends. He buried him for that. Jay White has been eating MJF a lot. And and this week was,
2: this week was probably the best one ever where MJF is out there doing his fucking 10 minute thing. And then Jay White just comes out and is like, what are we doing (laughs) here? You're an idiot. You're a villain. Nobody believes this shit. Whatever you're doing, isn't working. Like you're just, and I'm just, I'm just standing ovation for Jay White here so much. So. It's not going to happen, Joe. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know what percentage chance is going to be. Maybe we can talk about what the percentage chance is going to be. I am all in on Jay White winning this title. He's not going to do it. I think there's probably like a 5% chance he does do it. But I think we can course correct in such a big way If he wins this title, there is so many things that we can do differently on the show, and there's so many different ways and avenues and things that can happen if Jay White just wins this fucking title, and I'm not not It's not going to happen. It's just not because there's no way that this guy's going to steal the belt talk down to MJF, call him a fucking chicken shit, tell him that he's lying to everybody, tell him that he's wrong, tell him he's not what he says he is, and then beat him for the title and just keep the title and walk away with it, that's a lot. That's a lot to do. Even with the even if you have a quote-unquote devil you know, come in and cost MJF the title or whatever, that's still a lot. I mean, I guess if you really want MJF to get down to the absolute bottom of the barrel, and he has all these friends and all this th- stuff and he's the champion, and now it's all coming crumbling down. He doesn't have his friend Adam Cole. He doesn't have any friends with him. Maybe he loses the ROH title on this night, too. You can have have this you can do a big course criteria he can lose everything he can lose it all and then you have to try to get him to either build this thing back up or maybe this is what makes him snap and go back to the old mjf i don't know i it's not happening but allow me to at least fantasy book it for a minute because i think it would be the biggest and the best and the and 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 just the easiest course correction you can do is if you want to do this devil shit you want to do roddy you want to do adam cole great get it away from the fucking world title get it away from the world title go do it because uh, the, the world title being stuck as the secondary title to the ROH world tag team titles and secondary to Adam Cole's friendship and secondary to the devil and secondary to neck strong. Like I'm sick of that shit. I'm done and with that. And
0: secondary to, to max being scared and right, vulnerable. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Max's trying, vulnerability, to,
2: be a, like, nah, trying to be a better man. <laughs> right. It's like ah. the ninth most important thing in MJF's world right now. Samoa Joe. It, no, I, I want the AEW world title to be the most important fucking thing in this entire company.
0: And it's not well, going to happen I mean, if MJF has it right now. It's just not. To be fair, they have, like, nine people chasing them for it, which does tell you that other that, that other people on the roster value it, you know, and it, it's like, but uh, but you're right. I, you know, what would be a really smart thing to do is have Jay White win the title, go off and do whatever, he, whatever he's going to do. You could have Hangman chase him, have whoever, you, whatever baby face you want chase Jay White. And you can have the devil and his minions or whatever uh, you know, either cost MJF the match or get involved in the match in some way. And then MJF and Adam Cole and the devil and all the devil's hoodlums and all that bullshit they can be in their own little universe with that. And that can be, that storyline can carry on and that can carry them for the next 3, 6, 12 months. And like you're saying it's away from the world title. Right? But they're not going to do that and they can't do that. no, Because... Once Jay White stole the belt and he's running around with the stolen belt, you can't have MJF lose and then never get the physical belt back. He looks like an absolute geek. You just can't do it. He has well, he's to win he's doing a great job of looking
2: like a geek every week,
0: anyway. So I, I figure, why not more geek? You know, it's funny though. It's like that shtick gets over with the live crowds, but I feel like the live crowds are so small now that it's just the super most hardcore fans that are left in the buildings, and it, it it's obviously not connecting in a major way with television viewers had, or he tried that scumbag public, he tried to get that,
2: that crowded chance scumbag yesterday. And they didn't.
0: Yeah, it, it's, I they know because he, he doesn't, he hasn't picked a, a character trait and stuck with it. He's I, like, I said, I think like, I think he's, he's genuinely the person is an insecure person and he wants to be everything to everyone. And He's very sensitive to criticism. And he's trying to be a little bit of everything. And it just isn't working. And, you know, you know, that that's the problem that I have with it. That and all of this pandering, he doesn't even do that well. He doesn't come across authentic when he as a pandering babyface. You know, you have to put the right people in the right places in pro wrestling and exemplify their strengths, de-emphasize their weaknesses. And his strength is being a braggadocious shitbag. That's what he does well. Okay? He doesn't do this well. I'm not even saying a babyface theoretically can't work doing what he's doing right now. But it's not working for him. And, you know, I understand the story is this pressure coming from all sides and all these people wanting his title. But the way he's expressing that pressure is, is out of character for this guy. and. Now, I don't want to repeat the 20-minute diatribe I did two weeks ago that you put a snippet of up on YouTube, but there's like 15 more minutes of that deconstruction of what MJF is doing as a babyface. But this insecurity was much more interesting in a heel package where we all knew that this was this guy who talked all this shit and talked a big game, but cheated to get anything he ever achieved. And deep down, knew he wasn't good enough. Right, that was the whole essence of the heel MJF character. Deep down, he outwardly because he was insecure, he's telling you how great he is. Right, but
2: he needed that and he's ring. Better than he you and Wardlow. You know he needed to cheat. Right. He needed the ring. He needed Wardlow. He needed all those things to win most times.
0: And, and the whole "I'm better than you" and you know it is, is 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 he even knows that wasn't true as a heel. And now, like this whole babyface turn and retaining that insecurity and vulnerability. It was too soon and it, and it wasn't earned. It wasn't earned through the storytelling. It was too soon. This was something they should have done years from now. Long after he had come up short and winning the world title. Multi- I will go back to what I said before he won the title. He should MJF sh- should have never won the world title. Should have gone his whole career without winning it. That should be the one thing that he wasn't able to steal. The one thing he wasn't able to cheat his way into. The one, the, the one piece that would never make, the one thing he wants worse than anything and he cannot be whole because ultimately he's not good enough to win it. And then, a, and then he has earned the baby face turn. Ah, you know what? This was this was all wrong. I've been living my life the wrong way. And then he should have that crisis of faith and go through all these changes and try to make himself a better. That's, this shouldn't have happened for 10 years, Rich. And then at that point, you could tell the story of a changed man who does have the talent, but he needed to fix himself first, and then he can go chase the title. And they rushed through ten years of storylines in 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 a year, you know, or two years or whatever. And that's why this isn't working for me, and that's why he comes off disingenuous, and it doesn't come off authentic. And authenticity is so important. And you know, all of this is is again, you circle back to the top. It it might be why the consumer metrics are moving in the wrong direction. Because I I don't know if this is connecting with a lot of people. I think a lot of people think it's it's weird, you know. Let alone the the goofier, more sports entertainment facets of of the story and the show overall, which wasn't what AEW uh, was necessarily built on.
2: So right, he's he's um, hard to
0: nail down exactly what I'm supposed
2: to feel when MJF comes out. What am I supposed to feel about this guy? How what, how am I supposed to feel? And like I think a lot of it is rooted too that we've talked about a lot is why would. Why would Joe Sixpack really give a shit if Adam Cole and him are friends, if Roderick Strong and Adam Cole are friends? There's a lot of stuff that we're we're supposed to assume that we're we're to care about. We're supposed to care about these people and their friendships, and that's – I don't really give a shit about these guys friendship. We haven't we haven't known these guys enough. We haven't known Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and the Kingdom enough to really give a shit. We knew we knew MJF, you know what I mean? We if you were just a watcher of 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 AEW television, you knew MJF and you understood the struggles and the ups and the downs and all that sort of stuff and the confidence and the braggadocious and 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 the feuds and what he could do and all that sort of stuff but it's really like right now at this certain point of MJF, it's like, what what am I supposed to feel about this guy? What am I supposed to think that this guy is or or, or is doing? And, and I mean, right now, the only thing that the trait that I think of is like a guy that's overwhelmed, a guy that's doing, trying to do too much. And that's both in K fame and real life, you know, in terms of stuff like a a guy that is just seems like he's doing too much. And that's why I really do think that at full gear, you could do a big time story here. You could do a big time reset and and get things. I think on a pretty good track. I, I think he shouldn't pick a partner. for for this tag match and just say, no, I'm going to go it alone because I don't trust anybody or whatever, or there's no one that's right for me. I don't trust Joe. I don't want to give him the title shot or whatever and lose that and and lose the title and then go to this main event and the devil comes out and he loses the world title. I think you can get a lot of stuff back on track by having MJF lose everything. And now he's left with no friends, no titles, nothing. He's got nothing left. Cole's out. This devil's attacking him. Uh, You know, Roderick's calling him the, you know, like, yeah, but to me
0: that all should have happened as a heel. He should have hit bottom as a heel. I, to I'm then... with you, but we're we're past that point. You know what I mean? Like right. we're we're past
2: that point unfortunately.
0: Cuz and... that that to me should have instigated the baby should have instigated the change in his like yes, oh man, absolutely. you know
2: yeah, after five years of failing to win the title, that right. should have been the the absolute Wardlow turns on him. He loses the ring. He's lost you know five straight pay per view matches to win the title or whatever, and now he's just a shell
0: of himself. He's got no one. Right? You know, he, yeah, he's then alone with his, like, his scarf, and he's in a bloody mess with his scarf. Then and it's just just I need there. to change my ways, and right. then you could have no one trust him. Be like, no, we, you know, you've screwed every one of us, you know, and then and, and then right, trying have to, to be slowly... partners.
2: Hey, come with me, I'll help you out and stuff, and go. No, I've seen how this story goes, and no, I've. I'm, I'm that's good, how man.
0: you tell this story. You right. don't tell it with, "Oh, the Chinese food is spicy, and here's some inflatable alligators, and I'm gonna do kangaroo kicks, and we're gonna rush through everything in in six months instead of doing it." Th- yeah, that's how you tell this story, but, um, you know. So now, you know, he's gonna. He's obviously. I don't think he's gonna lose Jay White. I don't think there's really any chance. And then we see where we go from here. Now the devil—it's probably Jack Perry, right? I mean, I think—I don't know. I don't they cares. want you to think it's Adam Cole. Great, I don't care. Okay, they want you to think it's Cole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that that that. I look. I understand that it's a terribly told story, and it stinks—the whole devil thing. And they're I, th- trying I to thought retcon- it was—I thought it was
2: Britt Baker because she made devil fingers and something.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you know, they're trying to like make us think that this has been a good logical story that they've been telling it hasn't been there they've lied to us and told us that the the devil has attacked anyone that's close to mjf when mjf it's not said true that it
2: wasn't just excalibur it's, mjf got in that promo yesterday and goes <clears throat> as you know the devil has been attacking everybody that, I, that is, I believe. yeah it's like and, and
1: what it, no <laughs> it's one thing for excalibur
2: claim. to say but it's, it's one thing for you know mjf to clear his and he's like
0: as you all have seen the
2: devil has attacked everybody that i've been close to <laughs> No. Hold on yeah, a minute. Cuz the
0: story stinks and it's not it, it it's been incoherent. At least they've been mentioning it more and building it up more in the lead up. But um, you know, it probably be Jack Perry, I would think. They want you to think it's Cole and it'll probably be Jack Perry. It, it, you know, it, it it's but you know, and then from there that that will be his next program. You know, it's I was told a long time ago. I was told in the fucking summer that all this shit was plotted out through December. So um world's end'll probably be MJF versus Jack Perry or you know I've seen some people say oh well maybe it'll be against the 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 dollar store G1 winner right whatever that thing's called the capital fucking collision continental what is that classic fucking... continental, continental classic, classic. Yeah. so um but I think you know don't don't work yourself into a shoot Okay, I don't think that's what they're doing with that tournament. I think the tournament final is going to be on the pay-per-view and I and you know that person might ultimately get a title shot. But um, you know, MJF's probably going to defend on that pay-per-view against whoever is revealed to be the devil. Um, uh, you know, so uh um, and then where do you go with Jay White and the Bullet Club after he loses? I don't know. That that doesn't matter. That's just This is what I'm saying, man. So that's many left things in can MJF's be solved wake
2: as Oh, my God. It's, it's like I, I've now reached the point, like I did with the Cody and Roman thing, where I'm like, the story is better without the title. The story makes more sense yeah. if he loses the title. Everything makes more sense. Jay White and the Bullet Club make more sense. Samoa Joe can, you know, th- there's this idea, too, that Samoa Joe can, can be his partner. Shining Wizard, put it in our, uh, our the note of chat room, is that MJF can ultimately pick Samoa Joe. Bell rings on the ROH tag match, and Joe just turns around and decks MJF. Going, I don't, I don't really give a shit. I don't need to help you. You told me if I team with you, I got a title shot. There, I team with you, and right? I beat right. your ass up. Now you lose, and the guns win the ROH titles. That makes all the sense in the world, too. Then you get to the the, the main event, and the devil comes. Out. I mean, this it makes all the sense in the world for him to just well. lose all this. And you're right. It's not going to happen. I'm working myself into a shoot fantasy book this stuff. But, man, so many things are much more clean and such, so much easier. And all the stories can be so much better told if he loses this title. But he's not. I, I know it's a 5% chance, I'd say. Might be even less. It might even be less. I think it's a 0%
0: chance. But I, I was, you know, at the alleged emergency meeting last week after the bad dynamite um, where, you know, I, I heard an alleged part of, of that conversation was one of the key people in charge of the company explaining to MJF that you, you're you not, you can't give the rub to all your friends, whether it's the acclaimed or or whoever else, if you yourself are not over enough for people to get the rub off of you. Therefore, we have to keep having you beat everybody in order to get over more if you want to start giving everybody else the rub. And I just had this stare at that when I saw it. and 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 it's just you know it's 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 mind-boggling i thought it was going to go another way and that okay maybe this isn't working and we need to change course no you need to keep beating everyone on the roster so we can get you over to the point where if you want to give max castor the rub it'll actually work as opposed to you know or, or 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 the righteous or whoever it is that you you think you're doing a solid for which all of that doesn't make any sense either because beating the righteous one on two, isn't giving them any kind of rough, no matter <laughs> how over them, yeah. or not over you are. That doesn't help anyone. It's just that. And I know people get annoyed. I don't care. It's that WWE brain, you know, and, 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 you know, there's too many people in that company that have it. And there's too many cooks. There's too many people contributing ideas and there's not, uh, there's a scattered vision and you know, it's, it's, it's all a mess, but, um, uh, I don't expect them to lose anyway. Uh, that's the main event. I think he's going to win. Um, I was also told months and months ago that, and I thought it was a joke. I genuinely thought it was a joke that MJF pitched to beat the entire bullet club one, uh, one, one at a time. And I was like, well, that doesn't really, that just sounds like a well, disgruntled wrestler. Yeah. Well, here we are. I mean, he's you know, he, he, he Robinson. Here. He's going to beat the, the, the guns probably by himself. Right. And then he, and then he's going to beat Jay white. And it's like, you know, it's, um, yeah he just wants to cut through the rod and i don't necessarily i don't know if he's necessarily a selfish guy um i know he wants to to help his friends in the company and, and those things for sure um i don't think he likes the older veterans that tony brings in i don't think mjf's a fan of that i've heard some stories that he's not you know, you're adam copeland's and whatnot um you I, know, and really, I think
2: he's actually pretty cool. I think the storyline's pretty great,
0: actually. now. Yeah, he wants to be and, Copeland.
2: I'm actually into this story. I like it, yeah.
0: And he wants to do well Who's for the, the, the homegrowns. Who's know, the devil going to be? Daniel yeah. Garcia's and the people like that. Yeah, he yeah. did that photo shoot last week with them. and But, uh, you know, and that's another example. Like, you know, it's like the idea is, what kind of rub did Daniel Garcia get off of losing that match last week? Nothing. It didn't mean anything. You know, and it's it's like... um the idea is he's not a big enough star where people can get the rub off of him beating them. No, 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 no. He's and it's there. true. He's not, you know, from that standpoint, the person who told him that was right, you know, but I don't know if the right idea is full steam ahead. Max must cut through the entire roster. I don't know if that's the answer either, or is this one of those things where if they just stick with it for two years it eventually gets over like the bloodline, mm. I, I don't know. Is Sami Zayn gonna come and kickstart that one too. I, I, <laughs> I don't it's know. It's not impossible. You know, that's the secret <laughs> ingredient there. So is is Cody gonna jump back and is Sami Zayn gonna come to ensure that the you know this takes off like the bloodline did? I uh, maybe, you know. I think Cody will be back at some point, but um that guy's just the, the ultimate worker, that guy. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's your main event. Yeah, and the problem, uh, you and know, kind of wrap up the main event, the problem
2: that I'm going to have with the main event, and I think everyone else is going to kind of have this too, is we're all we're all waiting for a devil thing, right? We're all waiting for Roger to get wheeled down. We're waiting for a devil thing. You're not going to be invested yeah. in minute 12 no, of this not. match. It's... You know,
0: you, you who know, you cares? You know, well, White's... you know, AEW crowds lately haven't been invested in the matches. They're invested in the entrances and, and the signature stuff. How does that that sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, really, that's what these crowds have been. Where are the red hot? start to finish AEW crowds that we used to have. They're gone. We haven't had those, you know, and I'm hoping LA will be different for full gear. You know, I hope it's 11, 12,000 people, a vintage AEW crowd where everything is over and not these uh, WWE style crowds where they're just not interested in anything until the end of the match. Or they'll they'll chant this is awesome at a terrible match like they did for Sky Blue and and Red Velvet last night, which was a horrendous one of the worst TV matches you'll ever see. And there was a small pocket of fans chanting this is awesome. I don't want to say it was the whole building, but you know, I mean, you know, it, it, these are different kind of crowds now. So you're right, they will probably. Yeah, I don't know. I think they'll be into the, you know, as long as MJF is doing. He know, look, he knows how to get a crowd going with his shtick. So if he has to put Jay White in the corner. And do 10 punches so they'll count. One, two. If he has to do the kangaroo kick, which I'm sure he will. So if he saying, has this to, is Hogan
2: 95, man. We're, yeah, we're there. You
0: know, he's not going to let the crowd be dead because he has all of his little cheap shortcuts that he'll do uh, to ensure that, that the crowd is alive for his match. But, yeah, the crowds have not been great. Uh, I think the crowds have fundamentally changed the way that they react to the company. Um You know, and that's that's one of the problems, one of the differences. Well, and just
2: yeah, I think in this particular match, I mean, you're not you're not going to be watching it to say, oh man, I wonder who's going to get the win here. You're gonna, I think, I'm going to be sitting and saying, all right, when's the devil coming out? When's the Roddy coming out? When's the Kingdom coming out? You know, like when's Cole coming out if he's going to, you know what I mean? Like that, that's more the vibe that I have, and I think that's kind of a weird place that we've come to with AEW, where the world title is not a, all right, this guy and this guy are going to face off and they're going to have a fucking tremendous match and you got to be on the edge of your seat the entire time because you don't know when this match is going to end you don't know what you're going to see this is kind of one of those classic you know whether it be wcw where you're just kind of like all right yeah well like you know that this match is not going to end until the devil is is involved in some way or roddy or cole or the kingdom or, or joe or you know what i mean like there's there's so many people that you're assuming will get involved at some point that that you just Me at home, I'm not going to be invested in minute 14 of this match because I know none of this shit's going to really matter until that devil rolls down.
0: Well, look, this is what this company is now. And everybody waiting for the pivot, it's not coming. No, 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 no. no. The The question is whether this strategy, whether this presentation of the product is going to be something that can turn their consumer metrics around. Or, you know or if they're not really necessarily concerned with that as much as let's get our media rights deal bag and let's run 12 pay-per-views a year and it really won't matter if there's 4000 people at our television tapings and it really won't matter if our television ratings are dropping at a pace that's outpacing our network or outpacing the loss of television homes cuz the money's in the you know it's it's the WWE model Uh, For how many years there were were WWE tarping off half of the building for Smackdowns and and, you know, drawing 5000 fans for Monday Night Raw in gigantic buildings, but yet setting financial records every year because of the media rights deals. Rich, we threw up our hands on that. However, many years ago when they signed their first big one, we're like, well, we can't analyze this company anymore because none of this shit matters because they're just going to make more money than ever regardless. And that's kind of where a W is going. And that's where you want to go as a wrestling company right now, because uh, that's where the money is. And, and it's more important to secure the media, right. Deal. And, and to uh, you double your pay-per-view if it's going to double your pay-per-view revenue. And then maybe you're not worried that your attendance has dropped, you know, 2000 fans over the course of two years, you know, maybe, maybe that's not the chief concern. Like it wasn't for WWE, but What it does tell us what we can still analyze is that what they're presenting isn't necessarily connecting with the audience that we can that we can analyze. And honestly, I, you know, regardless of my feelings, people know what I think of their current product. But the consumer metrics are telling me that more people agree with me, no matter how many people on whatever wretched, you know, whether it's Reddit or Twitter, any of these wretched apps disagree I don't know. The consumer metrics seem to agree that this has not been a positive direction that the company has taken. But Uh,
2: I'll tell you, I got a buy one, get one free uh, ticket offer for uh, Dynamite this week in Chicago. Sure, you did. That is a. uh, Now, did I buy my tickets uh, two hours before I got that email? Yes, Joe, I did. But uh, oh, God. Really sucks. I should have waited. But I was like, ah, it's Chicago. They announced the Continental Classic. No, nah, I'm not. I, they, they, these tickets are going to sell. I might as well just get them. And then, yeah, two hours later, I get to buy one, get one free offer. And I'm like, all right. Let's
0: go through the rest of this card because we've done almost, we've done over an hour on this already. Yes,
2: yeah, let, let, let's do it. I don't think there's a ton of else that I need to really dig that heavily into. Uh, Orange Cassidy and John Moxley for the international title. Obviously, Orange Cassidy, the champion, going in and defending the title against Moxley. Uh, he said it himself, John Moxley, course correction. We're getting back on track to exactly where this was going to be. I have almost no doubt in my mind. That Moxley's winning this match, defeating Orange Cassidy, winning back the title, and then hopefully whatever they had planned for Moxley before he had the concussion and told you know made the made the the pivot, the switch, the whatever uh, to to Phoenix that that night or whatever. I think Moxley gets it back and and they get it, go with whatever they were going to do with Moxley and in international title before, and then Cassidy again. I'm I'm still kind of at a loss for what the hell was supposed to be done with for him or what's going to be done for him. I think after all the work that they did with him in the international title, the fact that they've really just had nothing for him since then is disappointing, but hopefully now that they can kind of maybe move past this Moxie gets the international title back and and hopefully Cassidy can move on to, to hopefully, hopefully, hopefully bigger and better things. But uh, I'm kind of dubious on that right now, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It's funny because I've been using the terminology course correction with getting this title back on John Moxley for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then last night he says it's time for a course correction. Hmm. You got right? to ask, you some gotta ask some questions. You do have to ask some questions. You um, do have to ask some questions. That's all we'll say. You got to ask some questions. <clears throat> very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But, um, yeah, that's exactly what you just said. You know, and then they're going to get to telling whatever story they were going to tell. He probably would have just won it back from Phoenix if Phoenix didn't also get hurt. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, so now he has to win it back from the guy he originally won it from. And, and you know, I, I really thought I was really excited about the idea that Orange Cassidy was losing up. Absolutely. When he lost the title the first time. We all thought that. After all that, we yeah. all thought that. Well, now I don't I don't give this company any benefit of the doubt with that sort of thing. They have to prove it to me now because that wasn't the case. He was doing shtick with hook eating potato chips. And he was in a worse position than he was when he was champion. So, um, but I look, I think they missed the boat on that. They did. That was the week to do it. When he came out and cut that promo, if you were going to do something and move him up and uh, they chose to go in this direction instead, because the top of the card is occupied by devil storylines and MJF being vulnerable and everything else. So I guess to just, You know, it's whoever MJF wants to work with at this point. He's the top star. He's the champion. And that's the way it goes. So the the no room.
2: That bothered me the most that he came back like on that dynamite that week after after being after this whole story about, oh, my God, this guy is just working too much and his body's broken down and he can't keep going. He can't keep going. He can't keep doing this. He loses to Moxley at all out, gets a standing ovation afterwards. And everyone assumes that it's like, all right, I'm going to go take a break. And I think he even tweeted that out. I think he's like, I'm going to go take a break or whatever. And then he's back like three days later. And it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> he's just kind of back on top. Tel- and like I, right then and there, I was like, ooh, I don't like that. That's a bad start. Like, I would have taken this guy off of TV for weeks, Me too. have him come back and have him say, I'm refreshed. You know, I, I, I've proven that I'm a, a superior, like whatever you want to do. And it's got to be an orange cashew stick or whatever. But, you know, you could still have the stick happen and, and have him say, now I'm going for the world title. Now I'm going for this title. Now I'm going for you. I'm going for like, he had to move up and he's eating potato chips with hook. And it's like, oh, all right, we're done now.
0: He should have disappeared until people forgot about him and then came back as a big surprise right. to do whatever you were gonna do with him. Right. I healed so, up and I'm back and better than ever, yada, 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 whatever. They, but they, they they missed the boat on on that and and you know, so we'll see what happens here. Yeah,
2: see if they can get it back on track there. Uh, uh Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne versus Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting.
0: Look, I think all of this has been well done. You know, it's uh, and then Sting will have the one more pay-per-view match after this, presumably against Darby Allen, babyface, babyface probably still undefeated. So, um, you know, if they're smart, I mean, why have them go undefeated this long and then have them lose this match, you know, have them go into that Darby Mallon or Darby Allen match undefeated and have Darby beat them and do the emotional send off and everything else. So, um, you know, I, I I think they'll win. And then I guess the Adam Copeland Christian cage thing, I, I doubt this is the end of it. They'll have a singles match either in Wembley or, or at, yeah, I don't know if they could stretch it off that long. Maybe they they will. I don't know. Um, but they're gonna have a big singles match on one of these other shows at some point.
2: Yeah, I I don't see any reason to have Sting's team lose. I don't see any reason to have Copeland lose. And yeah, you have Nick Wayne right there for you. You have Luchasaurus <laughs> right there for you. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. Copeland can pin Luchasaurus. Nick or Wayne whatever. should lose. Or Nick Wayne, yeah. Copeland can pin it's fucking Nick 18. Wayne. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah, Wayne yeah. he'll survive. So uh yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's definitely the best move. And then yeah, move on to a Copeland Christian Cage thing on its own. And, and and yeah, hold off Sting. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know how many other pay per views he's going to do. Like, I don't know if he's going to be involved in World's End and all Revolution, that sort of stuff. Revolution, right? Well, the Revolution's when he's done. But I don't know if he's going to be involved in World's End. Is what i meant. That <laughs> yeah, you, you do have that so other. So he he's two
0: more mo- at the most, unless they add another one in January. Right. Which right. They could. Right but Which yeah absolutely could but so, but we're ticking the time
2: so so I guess there's the excitement there that hey this is one of the last few times you're going to be able to see Sting. I assume it's going to be plundery. I can't imagine they're going to go bell to bell um and just in the ring toe to post type stuff. I imagine we're going to have some some guys going outside and some shit cuz almost all the Sting matches have been that kind of stick heavy stuff and I think that's probably for the better. And I think if you're going to try to maximize what you can do with a Copeland, like that's probably a good idea as well to do that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably where you go uh, with that. But, uh, yeah, I can't say I'm super, super excited about this match, but I-, I think it'll be fine. Sting's over-delivered pretty much in all of his AEW matches, and, I- and I'm sure that these guys have something uh, uh, good they can cook uh, cook up here. But um, AEW women's world title match, I, I mean, you can- you can get excited about this if you want that's going to be to your own detriment man hikaru shida tony storm this shit's going to be stick heavy it's going to be in black and white she's going to be throwing shoes and kicking her heels up and smacking shida's butt and pulling fruit out of her ass and stuff like if you want that knock yourself out man i people are, are lying to themselves they think this bell's going to ring and tony's going to go out there and work a hard you know solid 15 minute professional wrestling match i mean you're out of your damn mind if you think that that's going to happen hey I'll be more than happy to be wrong and I'll apologize on the instant reaction, but uh she's coming out to black and white and pulling fruit out of her ass and this is gonna be shtick heavy and I'm not for any of it. So
0: Yeah, I've said what I have to say about this. This is Tony Khan's pet project, though. He is a million percent behind this. A lot of it is is from his brain. I assume it's Tony Khan, RJ City, and and Tony Storm who have come up with a lot of the with a lot of this, so it's full steam ahead. I think if you're gonna do the all about Eve storyline with Mariah May. Um, I think that would be better suited to not involve the title. Um, I guess you could argue that Tony storm should have the title because Mariah may should her, her, her her obsession or her, her, um, or her trying to fool Tony storm with being obsessed or whatever direction they're going to go with it should ultimately be to win the title from her. Right. Right. But they started this before Tony storm was champion. So, and if the if the secret if the if the new mystery signee is going to be Mercedes Money or if it's going to be Ronda Rousey or if it's going to be a woman, now I know Fightful was saying that people in the company are saying it's not Money, whatever amount of stock you want to put in that, um, because you never know people in the company what their motives would be to try to shoot that down. But you know, if that's the case, you know, you'd want obviously if Sasha's coming in, you'd want you're gonna push her to the top and build the title around her. So it would be best to get Tony Storm and Mariah May away from that. But again, this is like the same conversation we just had with MJF. They're they're, you know, this is the direction of this company now, this kind of stuff. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Tony Storm won. Well it wouldn't and, shock me at
2: all if Mariah May comes out and cost sheet of the match and Tony Storm wins that way. And and that's the yeah, little bit of look, what I, of look yeah, what I did for you. Look what right. I did for you, Timeless Tony. I won you the title or whatever. Like And again, we're like, again, I'm saying I'm getting ready for an interference in this match. Like I'm I'm getting ready and I'm telling myself that this match is not going to matter until Mariah May comes out and gets involved. And again, that's another match on the show that I'm not going to sit down and say, all right, let's see what's going to happen in this match. Like I'm sitting here and waiting for someone to interfere and someone to come in and cuz you know Mariah May is going to get involved in some way whether she helps or hurts we'll find out but but you know you could totally buy she comes out costs you to the match and then the the story is oh why don't you like me i helped you win the
0: title type of you know what i mean like just bull, ugh, god yuck get get out of here
2: with that, yeah
0: well the idea is that May would want to be if they're going to mirror the movie in any way is kind of like working uh, tony and building her trust to kind of take her spot and replace her but if there's no title at stake then what is she really <laughs> why are we even doing this this is so fucking stupid so this dumb. is you know this is this is like we're getting to the point where oh. it's like breaking down WWE storylines and it's like this is stupid our audience doesn't care um, we don't care this is just I hate to just be that reductive but it's it's dumb how can I care about this I don't and I'm I'm trying to put effort in like I do I don't care Rich I, it's gonna be in black and white. This is all a waste of my fucking time. But she's gonna have an orange come and, from her butt. Isn't that hilarious, though? Oh, she eats bananas with the peel on it because she's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh, fucking Christ! It's, it's it's bad. I don't I don't care what they do anymore. Yeah. I, I when it comes to I just I can't care. Uh, a match that I do now care about.
2: Maybe didn't care about it a couple weeks ago, but I'm back in uh, Texas death match. Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. I thought Page's promo was fantastic to get things back hey, on track. Real quick before.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to bring this up when we talked about Tony Storm. One more quick point. She has not been over in the buildings uh, a couple no. of times that she's wrestled. Mm-mm. She wrestled. I think it was Sky Blue. I want to say Sky Blue and, and, and um, Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan. Yep. And she came out for the entrance and people popped at the music, right? And then the bell rang and nobody gave a fuck about either one of those matches. And you could argue small sample size. You could argue opponents that nobody gives a shit about. Although if you would listen to the way people respond to us, the sky blue is the biggest fucking star in the company. Uh, we'll get to that. But the fact remains i i i think people enjoy the vignettes and the pre-tapes with tony and then they don't know what to do with her when she's in the ring right, cuz what am i supposed to feel
2: like i said with the mjf stuff yeah when you get when when now that you're in the ring and the bell's rung, what am, I, what am I supposed to think about you? When, this is the problem with these one-note characters that are just yeah. done for laughs is that when the bell rings, what is the fan? What are, what are you as a fan that's bought your ticket to sit down and watch this person professionally wrestle? What are you supposed to feel about this person? What, you know what, what are the, their motivations? I'm going to tell you what the fans What do doing. I want to watch?
0: I'm going to tell you. Yeah. They're going, when is she going to throw the shoe? Right. When is she going to say tits out? That, that's what you're doing as a fan because that's what's over quote-unquote over she's not over you know you know they didn't care whether she won or lost those matches those matches got nothing so i'm curious at the pay-per-view how the fans are going to react to the match itself this one's you know you don't have the excuse of oh no one cares about kira hogan oh no one cares about sky blue it's a title match Sheeta, her role in this has been like what we're saying. This is preposterous. This woman thinks it's 1940.
2: <laughs> right. Similar to Jay White. I like that at least. I I do enjoy that the other half of all these matches are like,
0: what the fuck is going on here? And she's just doing the see, same but, thing. Like, see, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, what's going on here? See, but Jay White is just, see, the thing with MJF is he's finally, met his, he's finally met his match in terms of someone who's just as or more clever than he is on the stick. And he's never really been in that position since Punk, right? So it's like, I think a lot of that Jay White stuff is stuff that White, you know, knows is our, our quality jet, whereas Sheeta is just doing what she's to- being told to do. You know, this is the story. The story is this woman's crazy. Act like she's crazy. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I, I'm very curious to see just how, but but listen, it's full steam ahead because Tony Khan loves this fucking act. I mean, he is a, he is a thousand percent behind this. And he's one of the people – I mean, I think he even said today that creatively he's one of the people behind it. So, I mean, that's public information yeah. at this point. Anyway, you were talking – I I didn't mean – You're good, you're good. Yeah, go, tell me why you were into that Hangman thing. Go
2: ahead. So, Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland, Texas Death Match. I, I thought – and I think I've made it clear on audio, and if I haven't, like, the home invasion thing was stupid. We didn't need that. The story didn't need that. The story was perfectly fine. These guys cost each other matches – that's enough of a story to be told. They took it up a notch with the home invasion thing. The problem is they did not follow up with that notch that they took it up with the home invasion. If you're going to do a guy does a home invasion on national television Then now you have to change the story a little bit. Things have to change a little bit. You just can't have this guy show up on on the next television show and get mic time. And you can't have Adam Page come out for his ROH six-man world tag team, you know, world tag titles match and go, all right, guys, let's do this. And uh, if that swerve guy comes out, I'm going to go after him. But I care about these. Like, no, you got to change everything. Everything has to change once a guy does a home invasion and fucks with the guy's baby. You know what I mean? Like, they took it up that notch. Not me. (laughs) Not you, Joe. They took it up that notch, but they didn't follow up that notch. Like, what I would have done just kind of fantasy book in here for the record. I think they got it back on track a little bit with the page thing. But what I would have done is if you have to do a home invasion, if you must do a home invasion show, which I would just say, I, if I had the old pencil, as they say, I simply would just wouldn't do uh, uh, angles where guys invade people's homes and fuck with their children. But if you must, if you must do a home invasion, the way to do this story would be a W says, we do not condone anything that it Strickland did. And he has been suspended indefinitely or whatever. And he's gone and you don't see swerve swerves off TV. You see Paige, though, and Paige is coming out and saying, I want Swerve. Give me Swerve at full gear. I don't care what it has to get done. I don't care what I have to sign. I don't care who has to do it. I want that guy at full gear. I'm getting my revenge because he fucked with my family, and now I'm going to kill him. Like That is the way you do it. They did it the complete opposite. Swerve came out and just kind of swagger walked about it and people said, oh, that was quite uh, ridiculous that Swerve Strickland uh, invaded this man's house. And it's like, yeah, it it is. It's kind of ridiculous that this guy committed this massive crime on television and we're all just going to shrug and and, and move on and Hangman Page is going to go about his normal business and then start attacking this guy a, a little bit here and there. But From AEW's standpoint, it was absolutely absurd that the company was just like, ah, whatever. You know, that's fine. (laughs) It's okay, Swerve. Just don't do it again, pal, if you're doing it. So they they fucked that story up right there. I'm going to say that that point blank. That's the story to tell is that Swerve can't be in the building. He has been suspended indefinitely. Hangman, the onus has to be on Hangman to get Swerve back. The onus has to be on Hangman to tell AEW management or if you want to get Tony Khan involved in the story or whatever. He's been involved in some stories. This is a great one. Adam Page comes out and says, Tony, I don't care what I got to do. I don't care what has to happen. That guy, I want him at full gear. I'm going to beat his ass. Give me whatever to do. I'll sign off on it. You can do lights out. Whatever the hell you want to do, I want that guy at full gear. That's the story to do. They didn't do that. But I think they got this on track a little bit. I thought the page promo was really, really, really good because it, it, it he had the floor. He didn't let Swerve say a word. Swerve started and, and right as Swerve started, Adam Page got on the mic and said, No. I'm going to control it. You know, I'm going to tell you everything I need to tell you right now. And he he cut deep on him a little bit. He talked about getting fired from WWE. He talked about his fiance breaking up with him. He talks about not being able to see his kids. That sort of stuff that then got Swerve going, alright, now I'm pissed. And I liked where we got. I liked that we got, nobody touched each other. I love the idea that these guys can't touch each other. I love the idea that Paige was beating up Nana and Swerve couldn't stop him or intervene or whatever. So, this match got hot. I thought that promo was fantastic. I thought the angle was fantastic. And I'm back in on this match. And this is probably my most anticipated a match of the entire night because I do think it can be really really good. These are two guys that I do see uh, a ton of potential in. I just think that the story got kind of screwy and 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 not done exactly the way that I think it should have been done and have done in kind of a ridiculous way. But I will say. They got this, I think, back on track. Where a couple of weeks ago I was like, "Oh, this thing is off the rails here." If we're doing this home invasion stuff, and 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 it's where it swerve has no rip repercussions from it or whatever, like this is kind of weird. This is kind of silly. But I I do think that this angle got it back on track, and I, I'm really really excited for this match.
0: Yeah, the one thing you said there that I strongly agree with is when Hangman brought up his fiance breaking up with him and getting fired from his previous job and all that because the one thing that i feel swerve has been lacking is is some authenticity to his presentation. Yeah, he hasn't been a human. He's been an evil comic book villain. Correct. He hasn't been a human. That's that's the best way to put it. You know, the comic vil- the comic book villain laugh that he does that's so put on and fake. The home invasion in itself is just so silly and goofy. You know, in pro wrestling, i could accept a lot of things Obviously, but they have to take place in the context and in the building and and where the pro wrestling is happening. Once you go outside the pro wrestling universe and do something at someone's house, it's too goofy for me. I, I you know, that's where I unless can't you want to follow up. Unless you want to now follow up, like
2: I, I wouldn't do it. I think it's too goofy too. But now that the onus is on when if you tell that story. That AEW has to follow up and, and and say we do not condone the actions of of, of swerve strickland and right. and 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 this is unacceptable and we do not you know he he will suspend Completely it. agree you gotta do you Completely gotta agree. take it to
0: that level because you took yes, it to that if level if you're gonna do it you took yeah. it to that level <laughs> so now you gotta you it, have it can't to follow just up on be that. Uh, it can't be like a standard pro wrestling angle right. in the back it, right. you know and it, it, if if you must do this which you should <laughs> which again don't because i just wouldn't you know, but yeah, you know the fact that you did it. It's now the same level as Brian Pillman threatening to shoot Steve Austin, or 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 uh, Seth Rollins fucking masturbating on whoever whose furniture <laughs> I was don't know that. whose furniture was he fucking around on. I don't remember now. I whatever that was, um, you know, or 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 Bray Wyatt, you know, the the fiend threatening to eat the Mrs. Baby or whatever, which this <laughs> one was. Very similar to, actually, because you went and breathed on Hangman's kid, allegedly. You know, that's where you break my suspension of disbelief. Unless, like you're saying, you make it clear. This was universe, instead of making it a universe-breaking thing where we can't buy into it, you have a strong response to it. You know, and, and like you're saying, it's Hangman that has to get this guy his job back. Right, Hangman's hey, right? going to come into the middle of a match and just say, no, no, no,
2: no, no. I told you last week that I wanted Hangman. I wanted Swerve. I know you fired him, but I want to get my hands on right, him. And, right. yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll real. give up anything. I'll do whatever I want. I need that guy in the ring. I want him in the ring. You bring him back, and I'll, I'll, I'll sign. Yeah, that's that's what I envisioned was going to happen. And then they didn't. They just did it like a normal. Backstage attack, and then just decided yeah. it was a normal backstage attack. And it's, I'm like, and "Come it on!" It across so
0: silly, right? But I do think it was it, it was it was good that Hangman sort of made and, like you said, Swerve reacted like a human. Finally, right? In some he ways, he didn't. When he said,
2: "You can't even see your kids." Yeah. Hey, and mm-hmm. you know, Swerve then kind of got taken a bit. He took a step back then.
0: Yeah, you know, and that and that he, was and that was done and, well, and he didn't and he didn't and he didn't respond to it like a gimmick. You know, he his. And and that's why I've been a little slower than everyone else in coming around on oh swerves the top he's got to be a world champion no let's pump the brakes he can get there absolutely but I do think he has a lot of development to go through in terms of a little more authenticity is needed I believe because he's a little too cartoonish at this point and he you know and 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 that that's something you know that will come I think it will come I'm confident it will and maybe this was a good step. In that direction for him. Now the thing is. I think he's going to lose again. Which he loses a lot. When it comes down to. You know a blow off match. He's lost most of them. You know if not all of them. At this point. And if you have a heel. If if you have. Um, a baby. A, a baby face champion in MJF. You say alright well it makes more sense for the heel to win. Right because you want to set up challenges for MJF. But the counter to that would be. MJF has all these challenges lined up already. Samoa Joe and Wardlaw and all these guys. So <laughs> Wardlaw, I can't, I can't believe every time he shows up,
2: I'm like, we're doing Wardlaw, get out of you're here. Away. you are doing Wardlaw, know? no, and it's like nobody wants you. It's like, so I don't you know, know. They do we, those pre-tapes. Like, MJF took everything from me. <laughs> Go away.
0: Who we don't care anymore? You've been care. exposed. God. So back of the line, so my, back of the line, pal. Sorry. So my point here is the timing isn't great. No. For Swerve to win a feud like this, because then what? You know, MJ MJF's not ready for him yet. You know, so because he's got all this other stuff he has to deal with before then. So that's why I think Hangman will win. Um, you know, and and then we see where we go from there. But um, yeah, I think the match is gonna rock. Oh, and I do think Swerve needs genuine heat. I think too many people think he's cool. Th- this company doesn't have any heat. Like uh, it has it has uh, Christian Cage. He gets real heat. Don Callis gets real heat. Nobody else gets real heat. No, and I feel like oh, you're you're Swerve... on the money
2: about about what he could do. And, and and I was gonna I was actually gonna bring this up. All right, but I'm you glad want me to you... lay it out? Then I'll lay it out. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because I do think that there's something in Page's promo that can be the 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 jumping off point for it. But yeah, but give it give the thing that you talked about on the, on the Dynamite review.
0: So if Swerve wants to start getting some real heat, real visceral people booing, want you know wanting him to lose, wanting him to get his ass kicked. People love the na-na dance. It's gotten over because it's great. I do the na-na dance, okay? I I am in my living room. I'm swerving when I drive. I'm swinging my hand over my head. Who who doesn't love the na-na dance? What swerve should start doing, because it will infuriate the fans and get some real heat, is stop na-na from doing the dance. When they come out for the entrance and na-na starts doing the dance, swerve should give him a look. He should mean mug him. To say, oh, you know, I, almost as if to say, I told you not to do that shit. Stop goofing around. And Nana should look concerned and, and beg off and say, put his hands, okay, all right, I understand. I'm not going to do the dance. If he stops Nana from doing the dance, people, that will infuriate the fans because the fans want to see the dance. And it's so easy and it's right there. That's such a simple way to get real heat from the fans just by not allowing Nana to do that dance. And just side eyeing him, threatening him, have not not beg off, have not like be close to doing the dance, but know that he can't do it. There's a that, and it's it's right there on a fucking silver platter something that Swerve can do to get people to hate him or to boo him, as opposed to saying, oh he's really cool, I think he should be world. No, he's a heel right now. You're not supposed to like him right now. You're supposed to want Hangman to beat the shit out of him. You're supposed to want this guy to lose. So. Anyway, I think that's a very simple way, very low effort for him to get some actual heat.
2: No, and I think that you have a great jumping off point with this promo where Hangman's like, you don't see it. This guy's using you. He's doing his little dance and selling money on your back. You're doing all the work, and he's over here making a whole business yeah. off of you or whatever. And this could be done perfectly because now Hangman's probably going to beat Swerve. And, and and now that can sort of be the point where Swerve can walk out the next time and Nana does his dance. and He looks back at him and he's like, yeah, you know what? com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring
1: the voice wrestling podcast network what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
0: I'm okay, the man. There's you know, you, people you, in the chat saying, oh, he stopped him from doing it. You're not listening. Nana does the dance every week. I don't care if he stopped them from doing it once. No, no. He's got
2: to come be... out. He has to start, to get his hands up in the air and hang. And, yes. and Swerve's got to turn around and go, no, no, no. no. I'm this the has star. has to be. Right
0: this has to be a thing (laughs) right instead of the commentary emphasizes how about
2: instead of a draft let's have this be a thing a guy getting heat on a professional wrestling show
0: this has to be a thing where every time they come out he gives them the book nana has to stop nana is scared and the announcers go on and on about what a bully swerve strickland is right and now nana could do the dance in the the midst
2: of a match or whatever if if if, if Swerve is down or he's not paying attention or whatever, he could do the dance or whatever. But when they're on the entrance ramp, he's not doing that dance. He could start doing that That's dance, right. but I need Swerve to turn around and go, no, 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 no. We're business here. We're serious, and I'm the star. You're walking behind me. Let's go. And you
0: know? deny the fucking dance to the fans and everybody else. The fans don't get the dance. So that would be one small thing he can do to start getting some more heat anyway. But
2: this one time, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah no,
0: point. no, that's not the point. Like, I understand. All right, maybe we're once, getting booze. That... We're trying to get booze here. We're trying to. It get needs to be a thing. you right, we're trying you to Got to get... deny people what they want. Yes, you know, and then you could build to a big moment where he does the fucking dance. Some point down the line, for an <laughs> enormous pop somewhere.
2: Ah, <sighs> Joe, it used to be better. We used to get these things. <laughs> people used to understand this stuff. Anyway, uh, the young bucks. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Golden Jets, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. What do you want me to tell you? It's Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega versus the Bucks.
0: Well, I mean, this Bucks—they, you know—it's for the right to challenge anytime for the tech, you know, and it, the whole title challenger situation in this company. They don't care anymore, so I don't. It used to be you had to win matches and move up the rankings and <laughs> earn title shots. <laughs> now you could <can> just. <laughs> Now you can just declare yourself. I yeah, you want the title or,
2: opportunity, and you get a title opportunity while you stare yeah. horizontally at a television screen. It's like, all
0: right, whatever, fine, great. Or I, I want to challenge, you know, like Mark Briscoe just decided, Oh, I I'm I'm gonna wrestle Jay White for his title shot. Okay. Why didn't Jay White tell him to go fuck off? <laughs> right, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, why why would Jay White agree to that? You know? Like This one I at least understand because the stakes were laid out on both sides. If we beat you, you can't team with Jericho anymore. So then Jericho was like, "All right, well hold on." Yeah, you got to put something on the line too. Yeah, you guys got to
2: put something on the line too.
0: Right. So this one I understand a little more. I don't understand Willow Nightingale never losing a number one (laughs) contender match and getting a title shot four days later. I don't understand that. She loses a number one contender match and she hadn't won a singles match on TV since like fucking March or something like whatever it was. Um, and and then she's just getting a title like they do a lot of that now, and it's like I don't know it it it, it it's easier and it's it's lazier and it's easier. That's the one thing about the rankings. It kept the booking honest.
2: Every match had to matter. Every win and every loss what? had to had. It didn't have to be like, oh my god, but it at least kept, like you said, it kept you honest. You had to think, yeah, all right. Does this person who needs to win this match and who needs to lose this match it at least stops you to make you think for a second? Okay, right. This person needs to win because of this, and, and that's it. It it's ensured a
0: little bit. It, it ensured your booking was logical, because if you knew someone you wanted to give someone a title shot on a pay-per-view. You had to make sure you built them up properly. You couldn't just have them like Willow lose a bunch of matches and then just decide she's getting a title shot. That wouldn't have flown when the rankings were around, that was the value in the rankings, not the rankings themselves I know, and people got who so have been.
2: dumb about that, and we were just fighting it week after week after week.
0: And oh, oh well, why is this person ranked? All they do is win on dark and blah, blah, blah. no. The value in the rankings was keeping Tony Khan and the booking honest, and, and 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 helping ensure that everything was logical. But it was easier not to have that obstacle in your way. Now you can be lazy and just give anybody a title shot anytime you want, and you lose another thing. That used to set you apart from the other wrestling company. So anyway, I'm looking forward to this match. I think for a match that's been built really in the last two or three weeks or so, they've done a good job with it. Uh, I'm not thrilled with we tell a two-year story or whatever it is of the elite falling apart and coming back together. And now they're just falling apart again. I mean, didn't we just do this? Didn't we have resolution? Didn't they all just agree to come... And now we're just kind of doing the elite is fractured again. Yeah, it's weird. Because then the Bucks you know, are like, I don't it's... know why we brought the elite back together if we were just going to break up again. And it's like, I don't know either. <laughs> I guess I have You, you a big, long, emotional story, which, which, look, I don't know if necessarily we were super invested in the elite coming back together. I don't want to speak for you. I didn't really care either way. But the hardcore AEW fan loved that fucking story, okay? And they were emotionally invested in it. And when the elite finally did come back together, there were people putting up pictures saying, look, they're standing in the same spots. They were standing in in <laughs> 2019, right, 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 yeah. you know, like people really were dorks about that. And were really emotional in a good way, like emotion. You yeah, want yeah, people right. to be emotionally invested in the fucking product. And you want they the were.
2: wrestlers to care. And that that's a sense of caring is all oh, we yes. should stand in the same spots that we did. And,
0: you know, yeah. and maybe because I'm not a hardcore freakazoid, it didn't move me the way it moved other people. Different stories are going to move people different ways but then now we're just tearing that apart again and starting over with that. Like I, if I, if I were someone who was deeply invested in the elite coming back together, I'd feel cheated and be like, Oh, we're doing this again. Like what the fuck? We just told this story and you just, we just ended. And then there was, you know, what was our big, what was our big payoff for the elite coming back together? The ROH six man (laughs) tag team titles. Yes. That that was the big payoff to everybody being friends again. The secondary six-man tag team titles, not even the most important set. I can't believe they have two sets of six-man tag team, but not even the most important set of six-man tag team titles. I guess that you got was the, the, uh, the anarchy.
2: I guess the anarchy in the arena at Double or Nothing, I guess that's it, right?
0: I guess. I don't know. But it still seems rather shallow and fleeting to just break them up again or to, to have them all be at odds again this quickly it's a little too soon to go back into that well to me, but here we are. And, uh, you know, we, we see what happens with that. So I'm I really interested
2: he's... in the quality of this match. Not because like, I know the bucks are going to deliver and I have no doubt that, but, but, jericho's been working pretty hard lately man you know watch that ddt match that we're going to talk about a little yeah. bit later i watched the the you know you called it the game boy street fight on your tv reviews the 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 like a dragon the a, 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 the, the like a dragon thing uh match the 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 kenny omega you know he was oh man he took a fucking a, destroyed himself in that match man that that god the bumps he was taking the thing onto the the crates the or the the pallet or whatever was just nuts like so i i think they'll be good to go these guys are always good to go but i do i do wonder a little bit it's a lot of work for chris jericho in a week you know he's been busting his ass and it's not like he he took it easy on any of those matches so
0: i'm sure i I think
2: this match will be great so
0: i'm just curious what's going on with the don callis stuff with jericho and omega was that the blow off because they beat brian cage who was kind of a paid mercenary to be on their team so they didn't really Beat any of Callis's guys, and now they're doing this kind of offshoot thing with the bucks and you know, so you know we see where all that i guess goes um you know i so I don't know it's uh again, it's, it's very scattered booking focus, like do Jericho and Kenny? You know, what's the deal? I I what you know, what's do they still have beef with Callis? Does Callis still have beef with them? Is that over? Is it not over? We don't know. They're doing this thing with the Bucks now. So right.
2: It just I, feels I, like we're trying to put a good match on the show, and that's kind of essentially what we're doing here. And, and that's fine. Like you know, I'm okay with that, but um I I do get your overall points. Uh and then the rest of the show, man, I i <laughs> will go real quick on this. Uh a <laughs> AWTBS title three way. Chris Statlander, Sky Blue, and Julia Hart. No thank you, Joe. No. Thank you. Do not like. Give me
0: the floor. Fine. Take it. So. The first time I ever saw Sky Blue in AAW, what did I come on this show and say? Do you remember? I talked about her tremendous potential. I said she will be on TV sooner than later. I said, there's no doubt that this per She was probably 18, 19 years old, whatever it was, said Sky Blue. This is a national television wrestler. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, but she was green as hell. She wasn't any good. But it was very obvious that there was a there was a very high ceiling there. So she gets signed by AEW during the great roster competition of, you know, where, where everyone was getting signed too soon. And uh, she comes to AEW, and she did not look good at all at the start. And this was someone who I was like, look, you can't really have her on TV unless she's doing jobs. She's got to be hidden on dark or on YouTube or whatever. And uh this is a long-term development and uh, development uh prospect. So now she's been getting this big push. She's wrestled more matches on TV for this company than anyone other than Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy's literal gimmick was that he was wrestling <laughs>
2: this guy was too working much. too much, wrestling too much yeah. and blow- and destroying his body by just not taking right. a night
0: off. Yeah. So that's the only person on the roster who has wrestled more than her on TV this year as someone whose gimmick was he wrestles too much on TV. So um, they're pushing her. And the the bottom line here is she's not improving. The match she had last night against Red Velvet was one of the worst TV matches of the year. I mean, it was horrendous. It was irredeemably awful. (laughs) They were either fucking spots
2: up or slowly going through spot. Yeah, awful.
0: You can't have a national television major league promotion and present the public matches that bad. You cannot. Okay? It was that bad. It was putrid. And it's not like Sky Blue's other matches are anything great. She cannot promo. She has very little charisma. She... Uh, Looks like she doesn't want to be there. Even before this gimmick where she got the mist, I don't want to hear that because before that, she looked like she just comes across like she'd rather be doing anything than pro wrestling. Um, She doesn't have any personality. So, what is the fascination with this person, and why is she being pushed so hard? She isn't good at anything. (laughs) She just she's not good when the bell rings. She can't promo. They barely let her speak because they know she can't promo. And I still think, to some degree, there's a ceiling there, a high ceiling. And she's someone who I immediately identified the first time I saw her as someone with some potential. She does not belong on TV right now. She's not ready for the spot. She's not ready for the push. And it's obvious every week. I look at the quarter hours like everyone. It doesn't seem like she's doing anything there. And I, I mentioned earlier today on the paywall, maybe they have some data, some deeper data, some minute by minutes, some down card demos. Maybe she draws a certain you know, demographic that we're not privy to during her segments. I don't know what the fuck it is. Okay, why they insist on pushing this person who stinks it up every time she's on the screen. But it cannot be her matches. It cannot be how she comes across on television. And because her performances are bad. She isn't good. Okay. And if you think she's good. Then bad wrestlers on TV just don't exist to you. Because there are very few wrestlers on TV worse than her. At everything. So if you think she's good. You just think everyone's good. Which is fine. You probably enjoy wrestling a lot more than I do right now. If you think Sky Blue is good. Like, who's worse than her in this company? I, I mean, who could you even argue is worse than her? Taya Valkyrie, maybe? Um, i, I... Where do you turn? I, I don't I can't even think of anyone in, who's in, who, in
2: this company there's in this company. very few. I, I, I think some people will say Soraya, and that's not true. She's not this bad. She's bad, mm, but she's not close. this bad. That, it's, clo- it's, close. it's close it's close. It's close. Taya, I think I would rather if, if given the option to watch a hundred sky blue matches or a hundred Taya Valkyrie matches, I think I would choose the Sky Blue matches, but I do agree that Sky Blue is worse than Taya Valkyrie, but it's very close.
0: Um it- you want to that's count it. Satnam Singh? You want to count the freak show giant? I don't know if that's <laughs> sure. fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, for what he's asked to do, I don't. I, I think he's better than she is, but he does not ask to do much except catch people and stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah. In terms of regular performers, I mean that the. I mean, you're talking about a high, high standard here.
0: So, so here's my point. It's like, all right, well, she's young and she might appeal to certain. De- Look you got a lot of young wrestlers on this roster that could have this spot, though. Like, why wouldn't Willow Nightingale get this spot? She's a million percent better yeah, than Sky Blue. Ten million times better. Everything! I mean, the wrestling's not even close. She can talk. She has some personality. You know, it's like, you know, they do they don't do as much with her. She's on TV, but they don't do as much with her. They have Julia Hart, who... Started off very inexperienced. Around the same age as Sky Blue. But has made improvements. Visible improvements that we can see. She does better in the gimmick that she's been handed. She did; she was okay as the dopey little cheerleader to get her started. She's doing excellent in this gimmick. She gets great reactions from the crowd. You know, they pop for her when she comes out. Into her matches. And she has improved enough to where I think Julia Hart is a bang average wrestler in comparison to the rest of this women's roster. She doesn't have these disasters that Sky Blue has every other time she's in the ring. I mean, last night, it just completely fell apart, and that was a disgrace, and that doesn't belong on TV, okay? That's the kind of match that's so bad that you just can't put those people on TV anymore because you can't trust them, right? They're not going to do that, but that's how I would view it. That's how it used to be viewed. That's how certain, you know, it was that bad. Julia Hart is never that bad.
2: No, no, no. The, that that match last night was a okay. They come to the back and it's like, all right, we need you guys need to build yourselves up from from square one. Like you know, you, you got to be off. Something needs to be done, because right, You this have to be off TV for a while and, and and work this thing out and go back to class and 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 you know, go back to the trainings. <laughs> you know, whatever you got to do, go back, relearn, refocus, do whatever. Because yeah, that that was. It's weird because I feel like Sky Blue is getting worse, too, which is I don't know how that's possible. But she's
0: not getting better. She's definitely and, and not
2: getting better. I'll tell you that. And yeah, anybody and, and who tries to pretend that that match was anything less than a disaster. We're just not watching the same thing. I, I don't know. I mean, she d- d- she missed velvet missed a kick by 10 feet. Sky Blue sold for a minute. And then realized, oh, or a second, and then realized, oh, that kick missed. And so then she ran the ropes. Like, you got you to do one or the other. You got to no sell it or sell it. You can't sell it for a second and then go, ah, yeah, it really didn't hit me that hard. I guess I'll run the ropes. And then you can't do that. And then just, I mean, there was a sequence where and I think they did. a
0: series of awkward spots. What was, though? Just,
2: there was like five or six that I didn't know
0: if they were counters or botches. I still don't know. Because she constantly tries to do things that she cannot do. Yeah. That's the other problem. She constantly tries to do things above her skill level. And it always either looks awkward or funky. And then every now and then she'll hit a really good-looking code red and people think that she's good. And it's like, no, she's not. She's terrible. No, she didn't hit a good one yesterday, and, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, and what you – no, and, and and then she – the, the finish was awful because last night. And then they, they – she pinned her anyway, which a veteran wrestler knows, like, you can't – that can't be the finish now. We've got to do something else or do it over something. But they don't have the experience, either one of them, to to do that on the fly on live TV. Because she isn't good. She's not ready. She is not ready. And this is someone who I identified the first time I saw her as someone with national TV potential. It's just too soon. So put someone else in the spot. And it's been long enough now. Like Julia Hart has taken her spot by the throat. And she's doing a great job. A great job. You know. I've been saying that Julia Hart should be the leader of the House of Black instead of uh, Tom End because I think she's gotten over better. She has more potential to get over better. I feel like she should be the leader of that group and they should be her henchmen. That's how good that she's doing and how well that she projects. Sky Blue doesn't project anything. She just stands there. She's just a zilch. I am mystified by this, mystified by it. And whatever deep down card ratings data they might have on her, it isn't reflected in her overall. It's it's also not worth
2: it. It's also not worth it to have a a women's division that nobody made noise and it's a laughing stock. I mean, it. it, it, I don't know that it's worth it for incremental. If we're assuming, let's assume that there is incremental, slight minute by minute data that shows that Sky Blue is 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 a rating. Great. I don't care. you know what I, mean? like, I don't care what I, I think I could do. I think I could probably gain ratings points by having much, much more talented women wrestle as opposed to sky blue wrestling as much as she is. It, it, it's just, I, you, you listen, cannot defend her having the second most matches this entire company. You just can't.
0: If you, if you genuinely think she's good, then you just don't think anyone's bad. That's really what it comes down to. Um, uh, I, I I've been right about a lot of people. Over the 12, 13 years we've been doing this, I've been right about a lot of people from the ground floor in terms of who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. She's not going to be a star. She does not have it in her and she's not good enough. I'm saying it now. And if she proves me wrong, great. Because you know what I I can do, Rich? I could just ignore all this and tell you the first time I saw her that I said she was going to be a star. See, I'm a winner either way see see what i do there you Rich? play both ends so yeah, you play both sides ah yes good, yeah. that's right no but seriously i i at this point i don't see it she's 24 now she's been wrestling for like six years how long has she been wrestling this is not some rookie no it's been so i mean she's still pretty young but i mean she's four had or five a, years at
2: least i always say this because people always bring this up oh they've only been wrestling for look you know when when people are they might not be finished products. They might not be all the way there. You, you, you can you can tell when someone's going to be there. we she we...
0: had her first match in 2017. That's a long time. What ago. are we doing
2: here? Yeah, like Kyle a Fletcher. The first time you laid eyes on Kyle Fletcher, you you're you like, I don't quite know what this is all looking like, but you knew the guy had something, right? Yeah. The first time we laid eyes on Will Osprey, and he's the skinny as he weighs a hundred pounds, soaking wet.
0: Doesn't know how to sell. He doesn't know. That. That, he's
2: yeah. weird. He's just. He's, but you knew. Fuck man. This guy. Like, oh, this guy's
0: going to be something. Right. Yeah.
2: They, you, you know these things you know I mean? like we were, we were discussing in our discord uh, earlier today. We we're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the story around Stone Cold Steve Austin in like whatever it was, 89 or whatever was like a match in. Everybody was like, this guy's gonna be the biggest star in wrestling. This guy's fucking great. And like he wasn't there yet. And they knew that it was going to take a while. But from like almost day one in Texas, people were saying this guy's got it. He's five matches in and he's already got it. Like whatever it is, you know, you know this. You know these things. <laughs> you know these people be- rarely in wrestling does someone is someone not that good for five or six years and then gets really good. <laughs> like, you know, you you kind of know. And if you think that there's anything there and, and uh, okay,
0: we're just watching different things then. I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I, man, I just look, I'm not saying cutter, but th- this is not a good this is she's not ready for this spot, And you know, and I'm not saying don't try to appeal to different demographics. Put but you have other people on the roster that you can try these things with. I mean, it just is not working out last night should have been a wake up call. I mean, last night, if I'm running this company, I'm like, man, I can't trust this person. Because it's not like I have Medusa Michelli and, and, and Jackie Sato on this roster to lead her through. Cause this isn't a great roster to begin with a lot of, a lot of and blindly in gonna... the
2: blind uh, on this roster. Yeah. unfortunately.
0: you know, no, you know, and red velvet, you know, she wasn't exactly, you know, fucking Mildred Burke either in there last night. So it's like, these things are going to happen because the roster isn't that strong. And I, I just, I can't trust her, but um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, Think she's terrible. I think she's pretty putrid right now as a performer. And on top of that, it'd be one thing if she was popping quarter hours, or if she was showing like an outstanding personality, or was like fire on the on the fucking stick. Or but she's none of those things. <laughs> I don't see her bringing right. it's... anything to the table. That's like Britt Baker. Everyone banged on Britt Baker's matches, and Britt Baker would have some fucking clunkers. Okay, but Britt Baker was one of the best promos in the company and got over and was popping quarter hours. Presence too, great. Presents. And had presence and was cutting great promos and all of those things. And you're like, that justifies the push. I can live with a match, one match a month that falls apart because she is a star and she's a star because of her presence and her promos and the way she carries herself. And we're not getting anything from sky blue, nothing. It's a void, it's an empty shell. I mean, she had one job a couple weeks ago. Spit the mist in Julia Hart's face, <laughs> she and she missed. She missed the face. She spit it on her chest, <laughs> and poor Julia Hart is has to sell this like it's in her face. So I don't know. This, I, you know, this three way. Who the fuck knows? Who
2: the fuck knows? And, and who the, the fuck problem
0: cares? too is is coming in injured because. She had to watch that TV from that wretched angle, and her neck is all (laughs) fucked up. Her neck's (laughs) going to be. We're doing that now, I guess, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah.
2: Uh, And then the uh, AEW World Tag Team title four-way. Big Bill and Ricky Starks defending the titles against FTR. uh, The Kings of the Black Throne. Is that their official name? The Kings of the Black Throne? That's what Wikipedia is. Brody King and Malachi Black. And then uh, LFI, uh, Jeralistico, and Roosh.
0: Yeah, who could possibly care? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, we're just throwing a bunch of teams in a title match. It's going to be on the show, and you just hope for mindless action, right? Isn't that what you're hoping for here? Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have some mindless action. One of those matches where you're like, you know, that had a lot of action, and it was a lot of fun, but. Um, I'll never remember a yeah. single oh, spot yeah, yeah. from it ever again. No, you want and, like Malachi you know,
2: Black to do like a, a tope and then Drillistico does a tope and then Big Bill looks around and then he does a tope. You know, like just dumb shit like yeah. that. Like just, just stuff dumb like that. Shit. Yeah.
0: Like, like an NXT ladder match. Yeah. It's just yeah. a bunch just of people shit doing happens. stuff. And then, yeah. you know, any Wes Lee match in NXT, <laughs> right, basically, right, right. you know, <laughs> you just you don't retain any of it, but you just hope it's a good time for the fucking 12 minutes that they're out there. And um, could could you possibly care who comes away with the titles no. here? I mean, I, I guess Kings of the Black Throne because they've been being spooky and the lights are going out oh, and popping great. up behind people. Yeah. So maybe just put it on them. I, I don't know. Who cares? Like, who cares? does it fucking matter? Does like, not. I wouldn't mind if, big, if like, Ricky Starks steals a pin and then, they, then he clutches the title and runs up the ramp hugging the title. Like, that kind of – I wouldn't mind that finish. I wouldn't mind – King and black kicking everybody's heads off and having them win. I wouldn't mind Roosh just shooting on everybody and fucking winning the titles, whether he's supposed to or not. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I wouldn't mind FTR winning them back either because I mean, fuck it. who cares? Like, I don't care. Nah. Any outcome here is fine by me. And you know, I always respected that Dax Harwood, and I, I I enjoyed that tweet that he put out last week where he said, "Ah, you know, there's a little too much comedy in his company." Yeah, right
2: you now. you've and, been a long long-standing Dax uh, respecter, big and, and Dax
0: a, respecter and supporter. you you've, and, and always, I was, you've always, you love his
2: tweets. You, 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 yes. you make sure you're on Dax to watch. Big fan of the old podcast you used to do. You hate that it's gone, Absolutely, but maybe one day, yes. maybe one day it'll come love, back.
0: Love his co-host. I, I love. I, I love that Dax is a man who's not afraid to speak his mind. I've yeah. said that for years, Rich. Right, you've I, always, I, you've
2: always, yeah, said, that always said that about Dax. I've always said that.
0: I've said, now you wait a minute. He's not speaking out of school. He's got good things to say. That's always been <laughs> that my stance. That man has a family, Rich. You, be, you respect that man's daughter, right. all right? <laughs> you know how much that man loves his daughter. You leave him alone. <laughs> right. How many times have I said that on this show? Right. So, so I was, you know, and once again, me and Dax – we're on the same wavelength, there. You guys so. are doing
2: the you're doing the FTR the the elbow thing. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, we're doing the elbow you're like, thing. Ooh,
0: ooh. <laughs> As you guys go, I'm doing Top the ICU. Top guys out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you I'm Dax. doing the ICU Dax with the two fingers at my eyes and then the two fingers at his eyes. I'm yeah. doing that right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I get it, man. Yeah, me and you, same wavelength <laughs> all the time. You know. So once again, you and it, Scott you know, Dawson, baby. Up.
2: Yeah, you and Scott Dawson
0: going. Is back. he Dawson? He's Dawson. <laughs> yes, he was Dawson. Yeah. All right. What was the other guy? He Creek. Was, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I forget what his other name was. Creek. Creek and Dawson. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So the mechanics, the mechanics, <laughs> with their with their mechanics shirts with the sleeves ripped off, you know, so <laughs> with their with the names on the fucking red and the red script with the white label, you know, the fucking mechanics. Remember? And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was so the other Creek and Dawson. What the fuck was his name? It wasn't Creek. Oh, no. Daw- You're making a Dawson's Creek. Kick. I was making it. Well, yeah, Dash he Wilder.
2: He was Dash Wilder. Dash,
0: dash well, Dash, Dash Wilder. Yeah.
2: So Van Wilder. Anyway, anyway, that's a uh, full gear. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry. and then of course the um, pre-show ROH yeah. title match or whatever. But
0: I like that idea. Whoever said that, I'm going to steal it and pretend it was my idea. Where he ultimately picks Joe, and then Joe just fucking the bell rings him out, and he loses. He t- Joe sitting there on the side. No, you could do the old Ric Flair
2: thing. Like go go back and watch the the one time it was I think it was ninety five. When Sting, Ric Flair was like, Stinger, I want to be your partner. And Sting's like, I don't know, I don't, it's probably not going to go well. It never goes well. And, and Flair was just, you know, constantly just like, Stinger, you can believe in me, Stinger, you can do it. And then he's like, all right, fine. So then they have a match, and Sting's just getting beaten down and beaten down. I forget what the show was. I, 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 I could find it over the course of the show. And he's getting beaten down. And Ric Flair's like, Stinger, I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> Anytime you tag me, please, like, please. And Sting's just getting beaten down for like 10 minutes. Finally, Sting tags him. Rick Flair takes two steps, turns around, decks. It's <laughs> just like, yes. That's yeah. I kind of want that. Where Joe's on the side, you know, bouncing up and down, sticking his arm out. I got you. I got you, MJF. And then he tags him in he just decks him. Or like you said, the bell rings, he just immediately picks him up and package file, drives him, and sends him back, yeah. you know, muscle busters him and just kicks him to the curve and throws him into the guns. Here, pin him. There. Now I want my title yeah, that, shot. I like that. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And that fits everything that they're trying to do, and it gets the titles off of. The team, where one guy's not even around, it's just it makes too much sense. Yeah, no, but, uh, that, that, that's good. But uh, instant reaction live ten dollar tier this Saturday. Make sure you get on that. So uh, and hear the review of the show. I am I am still betting on the show being great. Oh, I I still think oh.
2: it'll be great. I I don't know if business wise it's going to move what the other pay per views did, but but yeah, we'll see. They haven't they haven't. If you're a pay per view purchaser, you haven't not gotten your money you know what i mean like i don't think you you've gotten your value on every single pay-per-view for the most part there's been one or two that haven't been but most are like in the conversation for some of the best wrestling pay-per-views we'll ever see so uh until that starts happening i i, I don't know that there's gonna be a lack of confidence i just don't know if the business why like i i'm curious if those people that have stopped watching and stopped going to live shows if they're gonna say ah you know what ah, I've, i'll still watch these pay-per-views they still deliver so maybe i'll watch these. that that would be the key there if those people still watch but we'll see we'll talk about it on saturday immediately after full gear instant reaction live at patreon.com patreon.com slash voice of wrestling voices of wrestling.com slash patreon then of course if you are going to order the show on fight uh, make sure you use our link voices of wrestling.com slash fight uh, all right we got a lot to get to and not a lot of time so let's get after it here a lot of japan to talk about Let's start in New Japan Pro Wrestling with their World Tag League lineup. We have the World Tag League uh, starting coming up. Uh, when does it start? I don't have the date of when it starts. It's really quick. I think it's in the next couple of get the exact date here, as I'm sure by the time is I the, say it, uh, everybody is going to tell us in the Nodob chat room. It is November twentieth. November twentieth it kicks off. So the next couple days here. Uh, is,
0: is the is the World Tag League lineup actually good? Is is it good? What do you think? I think it's a show, good lineup. I think it's kind of a good
2: lineup. Yeah, I, I, that was going to be my hot take is, like, I think I'm kind of into the world tag league this year. And I'm sure there will come a show that I'm going to watch and turn on and go, oh, my God. Because if you – we have the full schedule up at voiceswrestling.com. You can – I have it linked in the, the show notes as well and link it again. But you I com, uh, have it all there. There is – there are some nights that are they're a little rough, but I think if you pick and choose and you're a little smart about it, don't don't watch every single match. I think that's wild. You probably shouldn't do no, that. No, You'll burn yourself don't out, Don't burn yourself It'll out. Burn. But you can very easily look at this lineup and go, OK, OK, all right. And there's there's enough good matchups throughout this tournament that I think you can do this. I, I, I think it's actually a good because a lot of times I just go, you know what? World Tag League. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> I'm good.
0: I, I think I'm going to check out a lot of this World Tag League. There's a lot of good I stuff think- here. I think they did a great job with the key native teams that they needed to have in the new Japan strong representation with the Lance Archer, Alex Zane team that we talked about a couple weeks ago. That they use a lot, they use that team a lot on strong, yeah. but they haven't really been in Japan proper. And here they are. Um, they even brought in some CMLL guys. You know, you got Sobrano Jr. and Atlantis Jr. How interesting of a team is mm-hmm. that? Now, interesting is that they consider Silberano Junior a a heavyweight, which I guess because he's tall, right? And Atlantis Junior now he's put on weight because he's trying to have that da- that body his dad had. So you know that they're smaller guys, but it's interesting that they're considering Silberano Junior a heavyweight. So that's a lot of fun. Yota Suji and the mystery the mystery Z. partner Z, which we now know is Zandokan Junior. We all figured it was, but. Um poor Chris Charlton, great guy. But when he put up the 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 um <laughs> yeah. what do you call it, the chart or the uh the table, um he accidentally put Sandokan Jr.'s name in it, giving away that he's gonna be the guy. I don't know if they've officially said it at they have not, Jr. As Accident. of right now, they have not officially said it, but yeah. yeah. So but we all kind of figured the way Suji labeled. It
2: was Suji, it's Z. He said, Oh, it's not an X, it's a Z, and everybody was like, Oh, that makes sense that it's him. And now then that chart came out and it was Just like Who else oh, would yeah. it have been? Right. Who else would it have been? But you know what's interesting Matt Cardona, about Long Island, I see Matt Cardona. That's could have been him, but
0: after the DDT show, no thanks. <laughs> but what's interesting about using Zendokan jr. Is he's a guy who just recently broke out in CMLL. Mm-hmm. Like this was a guy who very rarely worked arena, Mexico. He's having his breakout year. I mentioned him here a couple months ago as a guy that has really broken out and is starting to get pushed a little bit on the arena, Mexico shows. And it goes to show that people like Gato and Rocky Romero have noticed right. and taken notice because of all the guys in CMLL, like Soberano Jr. and Atlantis Jr., they're obvious, right? It's like, but to to pick this guy out, you know, that says it's very similar to me when RevPro last month or the month before, I think it might have been whenever it was, did their version of Fantastic Mania and they brought in the CMLL guys it was interesting that the guy that got pushed heavy on those shows and ended up getting the title match with Michael Oku was uh, was uh, Hechicero, right? Because Quilden is one of us, Rich. Like, he likes the shit we like. Hechicero is not a heavily pushed guy in CMLL, but like American and British and, and, and other CMLL fans that aren't based in Mexico love that guy. Right, because he he wrestles a style that we like, and we think, and and, and of he's all beatable the guys, too.
2: He's beatable in a tournament, and, he, as and well. he's
0: beatable. That's right. And CMLL is not going to give you grief or anything like that if he if he you know. But the point here is, you know, Andy Quillen the kind of guy who would recognize, oh, I get to book Héctor I'm giving him the title shot ahead of all these other guys who might be bigger names in Mexico right. than he is. Right. That's what this Zando Khan Junior booking is is like to me. It's it's I'm sure Rocky had a lot to do with it. And he saw this guy break out and and saw all the personality that he has and that he'd be a good fit. Plus, he's a bigger guy, too. He's he's you know, he's bigger for a luchador as well. And he's not going to look smaller out of place. Plus, he has the, the pirate gimmick and he's going to he's going to he has a, a uh, he's very expressive and has a good personality. So it's a very interesting booking and one that I wasn't expecting from that standpoint. You got Gates of Agony from AEW. You bring Kato Kiyomiya and Rohe O'Iwa back from Noah after the story they told in the G1 with, with those two guys. And O'Iwa going to Noah for his excursion. You even bring in a couple of the New Zealand guys with uh, Fale and Jack Bonza. I don't know who needs that necessarily. <laughs> Not me, but uh, somebody, I guess. It continues to speak, though, to it's a very diverse tournament where they pulled from a lot of their allegiances and a lot of their uh, partnerships with other promotions around the world. And it's a it's it's an interesting field. Right. We didn't it's get a lazy...
2: Up. We didn't get oh, some lazy Yudro Takahashi team or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like... I, I, you do. You have evil in Yujiro Takahashi. But you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like... The tournament is just you know lumping guys in because this is who you have like it's Shota Umino and Ren Narita. That's a cool team. Obviously, those are two up and coming guys and and have a real chance I think to make some noise. They could win in that A block. I think they absolutely can win that A
0: block. Like, ever- I don't want I don't want to think about it too hard. Yeah, and figure it out. We could probably figure it out who's going to win this. I don't want to do, you know, I never like doing that for the tournaments. I like to watch them play out, but they could, they're absolutely in the mix. They could win. Yeah. They're in
2: play, So, so I like them, uh, United empire, great Okan and Hanare, uh, Tomura Ishii and, and Toro Yano, uh, Shane Haston, Mikey Nichols, Bullet Club War Dogs of of, of Coughlin and Gabe Kidd, uh, Evil and Yudro Takahashi. I mean, you you, you can't get those rid of those are
0: matches. You just don't listen. Right, you don't, you watch don't watch those matches. <laughs>
2: right, you just don't watch those ones. It, it, it's it's perfectly okay to just skip those. Kaito Kiyomiya and Oiwa, like you said, that's a, be a fun team. And they get to agony. Khan and and, and and Toa Leona is is a real fun. And I'll be
0: locked in to their matches yeah. at least at first because I want to see. And this is a real tour. This isn't going to New Japan to work a couple of Corrigans, like those old ROH shows or whatever. This is a long tour, and they're going to gain so much from working this long tour against that diverse group of teams that you just named in their block. You know, to get in there with those different teams and work a different style in front of different crowds, they're going to gain so much. Think about Dan Maloney at the beginning of Best of the Super Juniors and think about Dan Maloney now. Oh, yeah. And, And it's like you're going to see a similar, and I just pulled someone recent, you know, we've seen it time and time again in new Japan. And this, this is great for the gates of agony. This is a great team for Tony Khan to send over there and, uh, and do this tour.
2: And I think one of the things that helps this, this year as well is, you know, I'm looking back at past world tag leagues and like, you used to have that evil and Yujiro Takahashi team. And they were one of, you know, just a handful of teams in this tournament. So you knew you were getting it. Now it's like, they're one of, you know, in that entire block, it's like there are four or five other teams that you can watch every single night and be entertained by. You don't have to worry about watching these guys. It, it, it's not like they're dragging down the whole thing. They're one match in a, in a pretty big tournament, so I think that certainly helps. In the B-Block, I think B-Block rocks. I mean, you got uh, Bishiman, yeah. obviously Yoshiashi and Godo. That'll be great. Hikaleo and El Fantasmo, uh The Rogue Army, Bad Luck Folly and Jack Bonza, no thank you. Uh, just five guys, Taichi and Yu Omura. That even adds a different uh, dynamic to Taichi with, with, with Yu Yuomura in there. Uh, Yotosuji yeah. and Z but uh, yeah we obviously know who Z is and then fuck Soberano Jr. and Atlantis Jr. I'm watching
0: every one of those matches are you kidding me? At least until I get at least until I get a feel for what their matches are going to be like. Right, right. And then once you see all right, here's the spots they're going to do You know, at some point you can figure sometimes these teams get a little repetitive and then you can, you know, but, but yeah, I'm going to be locked into them early. No doubt about it.
2: Uh, Nagata and Minoru Suzuki and then Lance Archer and Alex Zane. So that, that, that B block, I mean, with the exception of Hikuleo and Phantasma, which I'm not all the way in on.
0: I can't stay. I have no use for that team.
2: And Fale and Bonza. I'm pretty much in on every other team there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What you do with Fale and Bonza. You watch their first match, and then you are like, "All right, I got a taste." <laughs> I get it; that, <laughs> I understand. <Yeah. laughs> and now I am out. You know, yeah. It, it, that's yeah, but that Taiichi Yuya Yu, Yu, Uemura team is very interesting. Yes, that because will be as a guy that obviously has you know come back and has just popped off the screen. And um, you know, Nagata and Suzuki was a nice little surprise. I think I, I wasn't expecting either one of those guys to to be in it, and it, let alone team with each other. And I this I don't know, Rich. I, you tell me if this qualifies as a hot take. I'd rather have Archer and Zane. I know a lot of people are making a big fuss over West Coast wrecking crew not being in this. I'm taking Archer and Zane every time. I, I look, the West Coast Wrecking oh, Crew. Yeah, come on. I find them dry. I don't know. I, I just watched that Lone Star shootout where they had that big match against uh Hikoleo and El Fantasmo. And like usual, it just did they do nothing for it. They're just dry. They're they're they you know they're they're uh, you know, they were uh, Tom Lawlor's henchman, you know, part of his uh, Filthy Tom crew. And, and you know, they, to me, they're not. I, I don't I don't see t- I don't see the upside in the West Coast wrecking crew that a lot of other people see. But that's kind of the they're big snub f- there a lot of
2: people. Fine. But man, I cannot imagine getting like. Upset. No, I mean, no.
0: Well, no one's upset. I'm just saying they're considered the snub. Oh, that's well, it. now. Now, would I rather see them than Fale and Bonza? Yeah. Of course. Right. Because I don't want Fale. And no offense, Bonza hey, is what he is. I don't think he's anything special. You know, I don't have any. But Fale is the one you really don't want to have to deal with. Because no, he's God just no. lazy and he stinks. And, but I think Archer and Zane, from what I've seen, I've enjoyed their stuff more than I've enjoyed West Coast Wrecking Crew. And, you know, maybe that's just me. But uh, they seem to be the... Uh, you know the New Japan strong representatives here. I, I was stunned at how interesting the lineup was. That's all. Am I going to be locked into every show? Of course not. But uh, are you doing the one review with Joel? Uh, I no? have to. Yeah, I've been I've been bullied
2: into it You're because I, now. I I yeah. made I made an offhand remark about how I wanted to do it. And now Joel has been bothering me. Every hour on the hour and telling me what, what show, what show, what show. So I got to pick a show and, and, yeah, we will do it. I will be on the, the super JKS at some point in the next couple of weeks, uh, reviewing a world tag league show. So,
0: all right. So let me go over this Lone Star shootout quickly. Cause you didn't watch it. So I will go through the card. And uh, if you think you have some interesting questions, you want to pepper at me as I do this, um, you can go right ahead. I actually, did watch the pre-show and i have real legitimate thoughts oh, on the pre-show all right um so let me pull this up um because the pre-show i thought was interesting in that tom lawler and fred rosser wrestled on the pre-show and these were main eventers in new japan strong like all of last year and now they've like i guess I don't want to use the word relegated, but they've been relegated to the fucking pre-show. Fred Rosser. Remember that? That was like the top. That was. In the company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or the, or whatever you want to call it, the offshoot company, the fucking whatever. And now it's a pre-show match, which is interesting. And the other match and Rosser wins. It wasn't much of a match, by the way. Um, the other match was uh, Matt Vandegrift versus Barrett Brown. And what I want to say about this is Barrett Brown. I've been watching him since he's a teenager and you know out here in Texas and he was something of a prodigy in Texas like a legitimate prodigy he was gr- he's just great almost immediately and he's been wrestling a long time and he's been in the New Japan system now got to be pre-pandemic at least um you know and and he he does a, he doesn't work all he now he worked a lot of the New Japan Strong shows during the pandemic remember when Rick Abani was doing the commentary in the empty building with Alex Kozlov like that era of New Japan Strong Barrett Brown was a regular so he was getting regular work during that time but he but he's at all of these shows but doesn't work all of these shows and he did work this one and he lost a, a little 4 minute match to this Vanguard guy and it's like if I'm Barrett Brown, it's like I'm not asking out because where else is he gonna go, right? It's, it's he's in the New Japan system; that's a great spot for him. But if I'm New Japan, isn't it time to shit or get off the pot with this guy? You either like him or you don't. Right, right. He's right. working, you know, he, he's working this uh, pre-show match to 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 curtain jerk the show. He's losing in four minutes to a guy that's been in New Japan for ten minutes with this Vandegrift who is another guy who they have who who's brand new to their system. Um, in fact, it was that he's only wrestled a handful of matches in the new Japan system and and all this year. So it's like, look, if you don't see it in Barrett Brown, it's fine. Isn't it time to move on? I mean, how, how many times are you going to bring this guy back to set up the ring? Like when I've gone to new Japan shows in the United States, like he's often the guy, like one time he was the guy who was handing out the media badges, like at the media check-in you know, he's, he does the grunt work. he is a guy that does the grunt work. He, you know, helps set up and, and, and it does. And and then maybe he gets on the show and I think he's a guy that could be useful. I think, you know, as a junior, cause he's really good and they just do nothing. And it's like, how long are you going to string the guy around uh, along? You know, I, 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 maybe has he turned down other opportunities or, you know, I don't know. I don't have any inside information, but I'm just watching this. And I'm watching him lose. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know. It's, it's uh he's a guy that definitely had potential for a number of years. And I just, I, I I don't get what new Japan's doing. You know, it's uh, either do something with the guy, even if he's just a mid Carter on strong, like, like he was for a while or, or, or or let's all move on from this. But uh, anyway, the show proper, it was Atlantis, Mascara, Dorada and Tiger mask over the previously mentioned, Hachacero, Rocky Romero and Ultimo Guerrero. A little disappointing. I thought it was a little sloppy. Um, There was a, they weren't. The, I was looking forward to this, but Dorada especially, um, a lot of these guys just seemed to be off on this night. It just wasn't a great night for uh, for a lot of the guys in there. So it, it was a disappointing match. Yano versus Joey Janela over delivered. I thought, um, you know, because I was expecting nothing but bad comedy. They did it. it they it was a gimmick. I think they did no DQ or whatever they they called it but um it was it was it was better than i thought it was going to be so uh from that standpoint um i, w- I was expecting to groan my way through it but it was okay uh next up was um a big bullet club schmaz with Coglin, clark connors and gabe kid with chase owens so the three war dog guys and then chase owens against uh tamatanga tangaloa kevin knight and Kushida. Just a nothing match. I, I I have a confession to make. I'm not in. I I think I'm out on the war dogs. I, I I watched a lot of the Super Junior Tag League. They're dry, man. I mean, you can only say fuck you to the crowd so many times, and to where it loses its edge. It did. And yeah,
2: we 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 I, seem to have gotten to the point where it's like, all right, what's what else? You and guys they're all got? talented guys. Yeah. What like, what else do you have though? <laughs>
0: do you have anything else that we could try here? Because yeah, this... you know, I watched Gabe Kid wrestle Michael Oku. Um, he had a title shot in Rev Pro last month and I just watched that match and it was all the same shtick that he did there too. Like spitting on a what's her name? Amira. Uh, Amira, spitting yeah. Spitting yeah, on yeah. Amira and just doing it. And, you know, it's like I know they're getting the gimmick over and they're working the gimmick, but I'm just I don't have a lot of interest in the I think Maloney is the one that I like the best in this current form. Every one of them are really good, but I don't know. This wasn't a very interesting match at all. It's like a two-star match. Um phantasmo and Hikuleo, the de- successfully defended over west coast wrecking crew so i thought a lot of people thought west coast wrecking crew might win the this is the strong tag team titles now but they didn't but again it was a very disappointing match i'd go about two stars two and a quarter if i had to put stars on it just not interesting two teams that just aren't interesting um mystic overs tjp another disappointing match tjp had a uh, really interesting lightning match in CMLL a couple months ago against Virus, and he's been doing cool stuff in CMLL, and they gave him this Mystico match, and I was really looking forward to this one. And it just didn't really hit, you know, probably about a three-star match. Obviously, mystical wins. But, um yeah, it, it was disappointing. Eddie Kingston defeats Satoshi Kojima. Just what you thought it would be. You know, I thought it was good. I'd go about three and a half, and um there's, you know... Uh, they did that spot where they both go off the ropes and then lariat each other. But because Kojima is the strongest arm, like Kingston sold it. Like he was dead. Okay. That's pretty good. You
2: know,
0: and you know, Kingston was probably having the time of his life, but uh, you know, the spinning back fist, you know, the deal and he, and, and he wins and he defeats Kojima. Kojima's having a really fun year. You know, when we do, Oh, excuse me. When the mystery panel does the FSM 50, I hope, that uh, the <laughs> right. voters consider yes, yes. Uh, Kojima for a spot there, you know, but uh, Moxley and Wheeler, Utah versus David Finley and Kenta is okay. Um, you know, especially for a match that involves David Finley and modern Kenta. I think that it's probably, it was probably a little better than you think it was. And uh, Moxley and and, and, and Wheeler uh, won that one. And then the business end of the card. Zack Sabre Jr. and Mike Bailey. I thought it was the best match on the show. I love Zack Sabre Jr.'s TV title run. I like, you know, he he took on Oleg Bolton on the Super Junior Tag League Tour. I mean, he's just, it's all comers. Young Lions. Uh, people who aren't even in the company. He had that uh, cool little match against Kojima uh, on the tour before that. So, man, uh, I really loved his stuff. This was an easy notebook match for me. Uh, I know this, he's had the title almost a year now. I know it hasn't been the kind of title people thought it would be, you know, centered around the young guys, but man, as it worked out and recently, you know, I've been just super into, and I haven't even bothered with the defenses that he's done on the ROH show. Cause I don't watch the honor club show, but he, he's wrestled a bunch of cool people there too in matches that I just haven't seen. But you know the the Oiwa match the Kojima match Oleg Bolton now this Mike Bailey match which was a great match the Jeff Cobb match at the Minion um uh um action Andretti on rampage remember a couple of, I yes, about yeah, yeah, uh yeah. three months ago whatever it was so and he did the draw with Jeff Cobb and then they did the rematch because remember it's the 15 minute time limit so uh he beat Bailey right before the time limit uh, snapped his fingers and Bailey was selling the, the broken finger like bending it. It, it was an interesting match. I thought it was the best match on the show. Uh, Mayu Iwatani defeats Stephanie Vakir for the IWGP. Well, uh, she defended the IWGP women's title. It was okay. It was fine. I mean, um, Vakir looked good. I have actually a, a quote about Vakir from someone in the business. You want that? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: Is it pertaining to. We so, had a conversation last week about. Uh,
0: yeah, they heard us talking about her. Because everybody
2: wants and, her to be like the, the AEW world women's and it's like hold on a minute hold on a minute so
0: they want to sign yeah look i think she's pretty good too i just think that anyway this is someone in the business who heard us have the conversation and then saw this match okay um it says i think stephanie vakir has a lot of the needed tools did a great job on using her facial expressions movements everything to make sure there was never a moment where she garnered a moment of sympathy that's not always teachable i think what the person meant to say was she was constantly trying to garner sympathy is what they were trying to say. They mistyped. That's not always teachable. Smaller the movement, harder it is to teach. I wouldn't sign her, but I'd bring her in for a few rampages from the perspective of if he was, you know, or if he is, a either way, you know, you get the idea. So I think that's a pretty good summation of what she is, actually. I think I agree with a lot of that. You yeah, know, that's I, I well think well measured and 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 thought out. Yeah. And fair and honest and and you know, I think she does do a lot of the little things well. And I do think she's someone that I would continue to look at um for sure. But I, I, I remembered that as I was reviewing the show because I heard from somebody that night who, you know, who is in the business who was taking a look at some of the people on the show. So uh, and then it was Shingo versus Trent Beretta for the never open weight title. And let me tell you, Rich Crage. This is a completely different kind of shingle match than than you will have seen all year. I mean, this is a bloodbath.
1: A fucking bloodbath. Okay. Trent leading all I'm yeah, in. Trent was fucking all right.
0: the proverbial crimson mask and fucking tables. And this was not a shingo style go go shingo, you know, uh pumping bomber fest fucking. This was different. And I really liked it. I didn't quite like it as much as Zach Sabre Jr. versus Mike Bailey, but you know, it was interesting because yeah, I would have loved Shingo and Trent just to go out there and have a work rate special. I think that would have been great, but I appreciate that they went out there and did something different and I appreciate that Trent, for a company he doesn't even work for, right? Goes out there and is bleeding buckets, so um, very interesting match from that standpoint. Definitely notebook material. I'd go to Sabre Bailey and Shingo Trent as far as notebook goes uh iwatani vakir kingston kojima and uh me i i, I don't know i really like the toro yano joey janela match i know on cage match it got destroyed like cage match hates it but i thought it, it over delivered and then the rest was kind of like just there it ranged from just there to kind of bad honestly some of those tag matches were actually not good um but yeah so that was the lone star shootout from uh Curtis Caldwell Center. Yes. They run fairly often. I think they ran the same show last Everyone year.
2: does. That's, a, that's the epicenter of wrestling, the Curtis Caldwell Center in Carlin, Texas. AEW's running there all the time. New Japan's running there all the time. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely got to check out that Trent Shingo. That sounds uh, right up my alley. Uh, what is not up my alley, though? As uh, the announced match for Shingo at Wrestle Kingdom, he's going to be facing Tama
0: Tonga for the never open weights. We saw it coming right last week. I know. It's just, <laughs> I know. You know, and, and look, I know they just had a really good match. I think I went four and a quarter um, on the you match. Know what? Said. I'm glad. I but... don't need that again. <laughs> no, I don't I... fucking need that again. You know, I, 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 and, and I know Tama Tonga, he's been around, you know, pro- when did he come into their system? 2009, I want to say, when he was doing the Jimmy Snooka sort of routine. Um, let's see when he started as a young yeah 2010 is when he came into so he's been there forever and i know he's been loyal he had a chance to walk and he didn't and all that and then if if he's gonna be there and he's a perfectly fine wrestler i'm just so over this fucking guy this is just he's one of he's just a perfect example like we talked about with david finley of movement is good yes please go somewhere else an- another
2: Wrestle Kingdom. Just I, I just envision. You know what I mean. He's gonna come out. That song is gonna play in this echoey Wrestle Kingdom. No one's gonna make any noise. You know, he's gonna be slinking down the ring. That <laughs> you know, no makes- I we've been there and I've done that so many times. I wanna. I want a different story. I'm done with that. I don't want it anymore. But uh, anyway, Shingo and, and Tama Tonga Also, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi became official as well, which we did predict last week too.
0: So yeah, we saw both of those coming, and um, it's just. You know, you just wish that it was Osprey Moxley. You wish that Shingo had a better opponent. Um, you know, even from a story standpoint, it's like, why do we have to do Tamatanga? Again? <laughs> right. Do we him. have to have Tamatanga? Do we? Must we? But then, it, it, but then it's like, who do we, who is who do you do then? Because I, it's like, yeah, Any, anybody, please. You know, he just, you know, it's, it's, you want to do Gradle Khan, you want to do Trent. Trent gets his rematch. I don't know. I haven't seen the match yet, but, um, you know, I'm just looking at some of the names in the World Tag League because those would be people not booked because, you know, they're looking for you win the tournament, you get in. You're not going to do Goto because Bishiman, you know, they're either winning this tournament. They're probably involved
2: or, in, a, in a bigger tag match. Yeah, for sure.
0: Or, or, yeah, right. So it's like, where do you turn? Do you want to do, Um, well, you can't do Yota Suji. They're in the same unit. Uh, do you want, okay, you you know what you could do? You could do one of the young guys. Because they can lose a, their first Wrestle Kingdom singles match. You want to do Uamora? You want to do Shota. Uemura, that's a great
2: example right there. Just five guys trying to light them up a little bit. There you go. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, if Shota or Ren if they don't win it, you could do that's, you know what? That's the direction they that they could have gone. One of the young guys who can easily do a job and, you know, earn some respect in the process. Um, but you know, we get Tama because they were going to give Tomatonga a spot <laughs> on the done. show. So, you know, it's like you look at World Tag League and only one of these teams can win. And then there's going to be a lot of guys just with nothing to do. And, it you know, it, it could be, you know, could you envision evil not having a match? Could you envision? um, Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I guess it would have to be they weren't going to leave Tamatango off the show is the bottom line. Right. Yeah. You know, because he's just he's got too much respect and, you know, Bishimon's going to defend the titles against. So that's why I wasn't going to be Goto. So you could throw Goto out and then maybe Shota Aminu and Renderita are winning and they'll be the challengers. Because you think it'd be someone. Well, they are doing semifinals, though, aren't they? With the world tag. They are. League? They're doing semifinals and finals. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be someone from the other block who beats Bishimon. So I don't know. Disappointing is the bottom line. Definitely. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's New Japan, and you know that tournament. I guess you'll let everyone know which which show you're going to review. Yes. On yeah. Super yeah I have to, uh, I have, to I have to send some shows,
2: but I'm not sure if I want to. I, I haven't. Quite decided if it would be better to watch the most dog shit show and review that, or watch like a pretty good show. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be one or the other. It can't just be like, ah, this one looks okay. It's got to be either like, okay, these look, this looks like a great night, or oh my god, look at this dog shit night. Let's talk about this one. But I was prepared to do a dog shit night, but then it ended up the lineup ended up being pretty good. So now I think I just want to do a good night instead. Like, if it's gonna be bad and brutal, I was just thinking, let's just have some fun and I'll pick the worst possible night and we'll do that. But nah, you know, looks like some good stuff here, so i'll find a night but yeah people will know i'll be on the super Jcast cast some point in the next couple of weeks so that will be there soon but um all right see, so i want to get this
0: in i want to yeah, get this ahead. in real quick we could just blow through this but i, I want to talk about some of the stuff i saw from cmll in october the key stuff so this futuro and neon these are the next breakout guys i mean they're green as hell but um they do some incredible stuff some stuff that still it's amazing that guys can still come up with things that you've never seen it, but it just, you know, so they, they've been getting on a lot of arena Mexico shows over the last couple of months. And they really had their breakout month in October. They had a tag team title match against Magnus and, and, uh, uh, I always forget the other guy's name, uh, Rugido, Magnus and Rugido were the tag team champs. And they had a six man, on the one show which led to getting a tag team title shot on the show on the 13th and that match was fantastic and they had the entire arena mexico behind them futuro and neon to win those titles and they lost they came up short in the end which i thought was the right call and the rudos retained in what was a great match and then the main event of that show was mistico versus templario templario has been working with the rudos the week before, they had a six man. It was Mystico, Mascara Dorada, and Teton against I think it was Dragon. It was it Dragon Rojo Jr.? It was definitely Anhel Dioro and Templario. And I think it was Dragon Rojo Jr., but I might be wrong about the third guy. But the point here is Templario. They the the Rudos won in two straight falls, and Templario won the 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 second fall with a low blow foul that the referee didn't see on Mystico. Okay. So that got all kinds of heat. And then Mystico took the mic and he challenged Templario for the next week for the following Friday. And this is what I'm talking about with CMLL. It's just simple, direct booking. One thing leads to another, right? Templario wins with the foul and they have the big schmaz after the match and Mystico wants a singles match. They have the singles match the following week and Mystico gets his revenge. He beats Templario. And what I think to this point is the lucha match of the year. Everyone listening, including Whoa. you, okay, you got to go watch this Mystico Templario match from the 13th, okay, 15th of o- and, and
2: The while, 13th of October, 15th of October. What would yes, you say 13th, 13th of October, 13th of October, Mystico Templario? And while got you're it. there,
0: watch watch Futuro and Neon if you haven't seen them yet in the tag title match against Magnus and Rugido. That match was great too. A lot of people think that that match was better than Mystico Templario. I don't agree. I think they're both notebook matches, but I think the tag match is a low-level notebook match. I think Mystico Templario is my lucha match of the year, and it's going to threaten my top 10 overall. They were so intense from the opening bell. You know sometimes you're watching, especially a CMLL or a lucha show, right? And you're enjoying it, and then a certain match will hit the ring, and you're like, oh, they're going a different gear. This is different. Oh, of course. And it just... This was one of those matches where it was like, this is this is a different gear. Mystico is out to prove something here. Templario is out to prove... These guys, this was the proverbial. They've got the fucking working shoes on. This was intense from the jump. And this was just an incredible, incredible match. You're, I don't want to give too much away. I already gave away the winner. But in terms of intensity and the work and you know, and I was super into it because I watched the week before and saw what set the match up and all that. It's a must watch match for anybody listening. It was fucking incredible. And the guy to vote for if you're into the CMLL this year and you're into the booking as much, Panico. That is the booker. His name is Panico. He's an old lucha guy from the old EMLL days. And according to Cubs fan, that's who's booking the company. That's our guy. Okay. Panico. If you want to put him on your observer ballots if you have nowhere else to turn for booker of the year and i'm working on trying to figure out who definitively is booking all japan i need that yeah, I, need, f-
2: I need to know who's booking all japan and then i'll i'll have my
0: well i want to talk to you later off air because i want i need you to help me with that and do something that i can't do got but it you, but you could. so uh but i'm trying to find out who to, who's booking all japan i think last word it was suji ishikawa and i'm sure it's some kind of committee. But I want to know for sure. I don't, you know, I don't want this to be like the Dragon Gate thing where everyone would just go, "Ah, I guess it's Horiguchi. Genki Horiguchi. <laughs> when, yeah, when it never really was, you know, and it's <laughs> right. like, you know, just cuz he spoke English and dealt with the foreigners, you know, and it's like so uh but Panico's the guy according to Cubs fan, and that's the guy if you want to vote for a Booker. And I think he's going to get my vote because everything in Arena Mexico this year has built upon itself. And look, these feuds don't always last months and months. Some of them do. Some of them are just little two-week things like this, you know? And to be fair, I haven't watched, I'm always one month behind. I haven't started November yet. So I I, I could be wrong. And Mystical and Templario could still be at each other. I don't know. As far as I am, though, is through October. So it felt like that was the blow-off and it was just a little two-week thing. But they've had a lot of feuds like that that maybe were, you know, started one week and ended the next, or one match that led to. And I just I, I don't Rich, I don't need these bookers always to just do these convoluted, complicated. If you make it simple for me, if I'm done watching one show and it makes me more interested in the next show, you've done your job. You know, if if mystical and Templario is a better match because of the way you set it up the week before, you've done your job. To me, satisfying me as a booker. And you can't really argue with CMLL's business. They sell the fucking building out every Friday. They're selling out Puebla half the time now too. So... You know, the matches are great. They've built new stars. Every time you turn around, whether it's uh, Templario and Soberano Jr. earlier this year, and now both of those guys are working Rudo, doing something a little different. Uh, uh, Zandokan Jr. later on, who we talked about. Now Futuro and Neon. So this guy's also working new names into the mix. It's not like they're just booking the same old names all year either, which is also why these cards aren't getting old and they're not burning people out because you constantly have new names in the mix. You know, and that's been happening all year with this company. So any way you look at it, business match quality, uh, just straight up uh, booking. That makes sense. I think panic goes the guy rich. It's going to be hard to convince me to vote for anybody else. Yeah. I need, I need that all Japan guy. And then, then we'll
2: uh, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll be able to make a decision. It's not, it's I'll tell you, it's nobody in America. I, I don't think anybody in America deserves it at, at any level whatsoever. So uh, yeah, it's between CML all Japan uh, probably my one too, uh, for sure. So,
0: one quick correction: it wasn't Dragon Rojo Jr. in the six man. It was uh, we we're being told it was Niebla Roja, and that's correct. Got so, it. Okay. Um, I, I you know, because I don't want people to tweet at you all week, Rich. So <laughs> I've missed I who that anyway. third. You guy know what? Was. They can do uh, it. I don't care. I'm not going to see it. So. But anyway, that's who the third guy was on the Rudo team to set up that mystico Templario match that I couldn't think of. Anyway, that's the quick, uh, CMLL catch up for the month of October and you know, if I'm doing too. Uh
2: not, not to, not to scoop you too much, but okay. we're doing that on the website as well. Griffin is, is doing a weekly column uh, catching up the the major stuff. Uh, so we did that in October, the major stuff for CMLL. So you can go check that out at voices of com as well. Uh, if you want a little catch up of the recommended, you <laughs> know, reviews of all the shows, recommended matches, that sort of stuff, trying to put a spotlight on CMLL. If it's going to keep being as good as it is, uh, it deserves it. Yeah. The 10:27
0: show. Um, was a really good start to finish show too nothing that I thought was super high end but just a bunch of stuff like and that's the thing these shows are five matches you know you you're in and you're out they they're not and the way that you know if you're watching them on Cubs deal you know it's like it, it, it it's just each match is its own file so it's really easy to um and then you know you could skip the entrances that's always like four minutes. And then you skip the time in between the falls, so you save another two, three minutes in yeah, between it doesn't, the falls. Yeah, it does not take long. It does not take it long. It does not take long. But that 10:27 show is another, you know, Futuro and Neon were on that as well in a uh, in a trios match against my boy, El Coyote. I love this El Coyote. El Coyote. This is my, I love this El Coyote. He's a heel, and he wears the furry fucking coyote mask, and he does a spot where he bites the opponent's foot like he bites the boot. <laughs> And the baby face sells it. I love that shit. That's my kind of goofiness. That's my kind. Not black and white, timeless Tony. I like El Coyote biting the uh, the the uh, Technico's feet in a match. And there, there was an Averno Virus Lightning match. You know, I'm fucking in. That's all you got to tell me there. You know, but that 1027 show was very good too. It also had the uh, the uh, the women's Grand Prix, which a lot of people were angry because Tessa Blanchard was brought in for that. Oh, we we should mention. They signed Flip Gordon. Did Flip you see the Gordon. Flip Gordon Yeah, they thing? said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll take your idiots and your canceled
2: wrestlers. We'll take them all. So uh, Tessa and then Flip I, in the house. So
0: I didn't watch the Tessa match, but um, so Flip did the college basketball thing where he had the hats on the table, WWE, AEW, and I think the third one. Oh, I one, saw that because a lot of people were like, oh, no, he's not the guy in full gear. And I was like, I really don't yeah. think so. Because yeah. <laughs> it was the same day. Right, so, right. So the third one was an NWA hat, but I don't know if you noticed, but it was the rap group and not the wrestling group, that the, the hat. <laughs> That's
2: great. It's <That's>
0: so good. <laughs> so it's just the only one he could find, I guess. And then, you know, he did the – because college basketball recruits do that, where they have the three hats on the table, and then they put on the one – yeah. and then he fooled everyone, and, like, underneath the table, he had the CMLL hat. So uh, not only is Flip Gordon coming in and signing a contract, Rich, He's working the main event tomorrow Whoa, night all right. at Arena Mexico. Right They're the not fucking, fucking around with yeah. Flip. Flip's going right to the top of the card, so he's in the top mix. He's working the main event tomorrow night. Now, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who don't like Flip. I've never minded Flip Gordon. I think he's harmless. He's just an I don't idiot. A he's, he's,
2: he's a harmless yeah. idiot is, is all What do is. I
0: care if he thinks the world is flat? Why would I care that Flip Gordon thinks the world is? I don't know why these things wind people up as much as it does, but um, I think he'll fit in. I mean, I think it's a good spot for him. You know, it's obvious AEW was never going to bring him in because they would have by now if they were going to. And it's obvious WWE is not interested. And why does he want to muck around in fucking MLW or whatever the fuck? This is a good spot for him. It's a great spot. You know, no, and, great spot. You know, they're going to push him right off the bat, too. So um, good for Flip Gordon, I say. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So uh, before we get to our uh, last few topics here, I, I did want to note. Uh, Another plug here for the Patreon. I have a brand new series coming up next week. It is debuting a new audio documentary series, similar to uh, my Goldberg 173 and 1 and my Daniel Bryan Yes Movement series. Uh, it is called Brett versus Owen because, Joe, 30 years ago, that feud kicked off at Survivor Series 1993. So we are going to deep dive, go nuts uh, month by month. It's going to take several months. I already, the, the first episode I'm already working on, very long, very detailed. Uh, some incredible audio production as well From Rich Latta uh, He's provided some uh, some instrumentals a An introduction, a, a rap intro to the show As well, so uh, a lot of fun And that is going to debut next week So I just wanted to get that plug out of the way to let people know Those will all be on the $5 tier But episode 1 covering uh, Survivor Series 1993 As well as how we got to that point uh, we'll be out next week on the uh, 30th anniversary of Survivor Series 1993, uh, and then we'll go month by month. We'll obviously go with the month of December where they make up, the month of January where Owen turns on them. We'll do February. We'll do March, which has WrestleMania in there. We'll go all the way to SummerSlam 94, uh, and then we'll even go to uh, Survivor Series 1994 with the throw-in-the-towel moment and then conclude with you know the Heart Foundation hugging and, and, and all, you know all the twists and the turns and everything in between that as well. But uh, that is debuting next week on uh, FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, brett versus owen i'm uh, very happy about it and i think it's going to go uh, really really well so excited to let you guys all hear that so <laughs> next week dropping so Demandous. there you go and i think because um i guess we'll do this now i don't think we're not having a show next week are we
0: we always talk about this and never figure out and then we always end up well, doing one well because like... the problem is i go to dynamite
2: the week before or the day before oh, thanksgiving oh, right, right, so right. that fucks everything up so unless we do a show yeah, on Tuesday, know. we might not have a show next week. So we will talk about it uh, off air and try to figure it out. Always comes it always like this is earlier than most times. Like most times, it's like that Monday, and I'm like, ah, fuck, Thanksgiving. What are we gonna do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll 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 figure it out. But uh, anyway. yeah, I
0: it, you know maybe 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 not. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it though. Yeah, but maybe we'll a week
2: see. away is is not the worst thing. We that will be no. all right. <laughs> baseball fans are you excited for the upcoming season I know I am it is time to gear up and show your team spirit with MLB shop the official online store of major league baseball find the latest jerseys hats apparel and collectibles for all 30 MLB teams at MLB shop represent your favorite players your hometown team or relive classic moments with exclusive throwback gear gear up for the season at MLB shop whether you're cheering from the stands or watching at home show your love for the game with official MLB merchandise Make sure you use our exclusive link MLB Shop To help support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network Again, it's Voicesofwrestling.com Slash MLB shop You'll pay the exact same price, the exact same items Everything is exactly the same about your Shopping experience, but a small percentage Of every sale comes back to us So again, it's Voicesofwrestling.com Slash MLB shop, the official online store Of Major League Baseball Uh, anyway, let's talk about the rest of these topics before we get out of here. Let's talk about DDT. Yes, when is the last time, Joe, we talked about DDT on this show? I can't even imagine uh, the last time we broke down. You, you know,
0: I, I, I don't remember the last time we talked about DDT. I will say this. I have watched all of their big title matches because I've watched every big Chris Brooks title match this year, and he's having a really good year. I mean, I can't. But 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 you're right. We never do segments on the show. No, we, ne- we never
2: do. But uh, Chris Jericho was on this show, so we decided, screw it, let's do it. And uh, I'm glad I watched it because I watched uh, the Chris Jericho takeshida match, uh, which was the semi-main event of Ultimate Party, and then I watched the main event, uh, Yuki Ueno uh, versus Chris Brooks for the the KOD Openweight uh, title. So we'll start with Chris Jericho and takeshida. Uh, You know, I kind of thought we were going to get a little bit of a. I, I didn't think we were going to get a lazy Chris Jericho, but I was kind of stunned at-, at the 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 type of Chris Jericho we got here. No bells, no whistles. No, no, no tricks or anything. He just went out there and worked his ass off against the Kesha. In the beginning of this match, man, that bell rang and these guys went at it for like 10 straight minutes, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Jericho had his working boots on uh, on on this night. Now, was the match itself like. Great. I, I don't. I wouldn't call it a great match, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't know what you thought of it, but uh, I was stunned at how good Jericho was, and I I, I just thought that Taker and him had a uh, pretty good chemistry, and I'd, I'd be really excited about seeing these guys in in another you know big time match in 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 AEW or whatever. I think would be would be fantastic for me because yeah, I thought it uh, over delivered at least to my expectations.
0: I can't believe the stuff Chris Jericho was willing to do physically in this match. I mean he he never dogs it. But he took some wild bumps for yeah, a 53 well, year old man or whatever. Like the, what yeah. I'm
2: what I'm thinking is during this match is like Jericho you can dog it. <laughs> you don't have to do this. It's, you know like you could just go out there and I he goes to Japan man. He just I, and and anywhere. I mean it's pretty much everywhere but yeah. especially when he goes to Japan. He he you could tell the amount of respect that he still has for. Okay, now I'm in Japan. I got to bring my working boots. I got to work my ass off, and I think that's what I was taken aback by most is the bumps that he was willing to take, and 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 the and the velocity that he was working at. I mean, they were going at it. And I'm like, man, Chris Jericho got his cardio up for this match for sure because they were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, real fast. And, and Jericho can still go to that level, and, and it's a testament, like you said, he he he's at 52 years old. He Probably could just rest on his laurels, but he's out there busting his ass, taking big bumps, going fast, working fast, working to the style. And uh, yeah, I just had the crowd going nuts, too. And I, I really liked it. I, I really did.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he just did. Now, I did see some people grumbling about him beating Takeshida in the match in DDT. But, um, you know, the thing about that is DDT historically doesn't really get wound up about that kind of stuff. I mean, they they kind of know their place in the pecking order. I know when they've done stuff with New Japan that the New Japan guys would beat their guys. And uh, even Hiroshima, you know, with, with the with the feud where Tanahashi ate him up. I don't think DDT cares. Plus, the other thing about it is Takeshida was doing his AEW gimmick. You know, and, and this was really more... This was more like an AEW match happening on a DDT show than it was Chris Jericho from AEW wrestling DDT's Konosuke Takeshi. Right, right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So from that standpoint, it's almost like I feel like DDT just let AEW book the match. You know, it's like that old story we always tell. You know, the first Dragon Gate Six Man, the, the, the famous one that put, the, that put Dragon Gate on the map for a lot of people in the West on that WrestleMania weekend show where you know, Shima and the boys go up to Gabe and they're like, what do you want? What do you want us to do, boss? And Gabe is like, I, you book it yourself. You. Right? <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs> you got all the time you need and you do whatever you want. I I don't, it doesn't matter to me. You guys aren't going to be here in three days. You know, just go out there and, and tear the house down. You know, I feel like that may have been the situation here where it's like, well, this is really an AEW match happening. Well, it's kind of said
2: that as well. I mean, he he, he, he will tell people he's he's an AEW guy right now and And he, like you said, he worked it, he didn't work like Takeshida's back in in d d t he worked it like AEW's takeshida is is in d d t and and that um with that standpoint, it was like yeah I, I I can't get too wound up about the finish. I mean, would I like Takeshida to get some wins? Yes, but that's not Chris Jericho's fault <laughs> Takeshida should be getting wins on a e w dynamite all the time, <laughs> like you know this you know what I mean like i yeah. that's how I would book Takeshida is this guy would always be winning, and this would be one of his rare
0: losses, but you know. I don't have the pencil, yeah. so it's not what I'm doing. Yeah. But and, and and this is not vintage t- DDT version Takeshita. He's a, he was a heel here, and he was doing his AEW shtick. So um, I don't think there's merit to that. You know, I think the finish was fine. What did you think of them shaking hands? That's a little uh that I didn't love. Yeah, that that because if 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 we're under
2: if we're on the standpoint of oh these guys are doing their AEW shtick or whatever, I didn't need the handshake thing. Or if Chris Jericho wants to stick yeah. his hand out. I should just, just kick it away and just be like, no, fuck off. Get out of here.
0: Right. Get his heat back. Yeah. Right. So the main event, I I thought that the work was really good and I thought that it was a really good match, but I thought they did too much.
2: I just too long. That's exactly my notes. It was it's too like, it was like yeah, 11 it, minutes too long. It was like, all right, we get it. <laughs> go home, guys. Let's go home, please. And they just
0: did. not. I readily admit that this could be a product of me dropping in on the match. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's big stakes here that
2: I probably didn't fully appreciate. Like, you know, Chris Brooks, has been, he's been, and they did the pre-match video. I don't watch you pre-match video, but they did a really good job of, of Chris Brooks talking about his time at, you know, getting to this level of DDT and getting the title and that sort of stuff. And yeah, his reign hasn't been too long. I think he won it somewhere in the summer, right? He won it in June or July or whatever. So it's not like a, a super long reign or whatever, but it, it, it felt like they, they went for the epic of Chris Brooks is, 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 is finally got to this point and He doesn't want to let it go and he doesn't want to lose this title. And, and Ueno's is his first title, too. So these are guys that are, are finally getting a chance to get to the top of, of the card or whatever. So I understand what they were going for. And I admit, yeah, it was me dropping in after not watching a ton of DDT this year. But, yeah, as the match was going on, I was like, I get it, guys. Let's, let's, let's go home. And it just felt like a little overkill. You know, just like like I said, eleven minutes too long, which is pretty crazy to say about a match that went. But if you watch this match, you'll see it's just like you're in the finishing sequence, and then you got about another fourteen minutes left to go after you feel like we're in the finishing sequence, and and that it just got a little long in the two at a certain point, and and they were just under a half hour as well for this match.
0: Yeah, I think I liked the Brooks title win over Yuji Hino more, if I had to compare the two matches, which I I think is going to be, um not a, not maybe not a hot take, but a less, I think more people preferred the Ueno match. And I could see why, because it was that Epic tons of kickouts, you know, world title style match with one guy winning his first world title and all that. But I just thought they missed the peak and I thought they did too much. And they, they were starting to lose my interest by the end, but it was, and I thought the Brooks match against Yuji Hino back in the summer was a tighter match with you know a cleaner start to finish story and all that but um, but yeah I would suspect if you're a big DDT fan who's been following Ueno's climb and all that you may have appreciated the fact that it was more of a tons of kick out epic style match than I would. Right. Parachute right. In.
2: And, and, and it's the crowning of Ueno. So if you've been in dig on yeah. his story, you're like, no, no, no. It, it's good that he needed to, you know, fight to like hell and finally achieve this, this, uh, you know, getting to this top title. So I, I I get that and that that you're sometimes you're a victim of that. And I'll readily admit sometimes I'm a victim of that, too. Dropping in yeah i don't know all the stories i haven't watched this company a- a- every single month or whatever i've seen a couple of zero emotional investment yeah. whatsoever i'm just but watching because like, yeah. i was watching so. to catch jericho and then i was like ah you know what brooks and ueno looks like a pretty good match too i'll watch it too i like both those guys i think they're good workers let me see what what happens here and and i'm not saying that i hated the match i liked it a lot i thought it was really really good action i just i i agreed with you it was like it felt a little long and a little too epic for me and and that a lot of wrestling in in 2023 does do that a lot of times. People think that hey, we're in a main event. We gotta go to this level, and and you don't always have to go to that level. And in the case like this, like you, they were there and just kept going and kept going and go kept going and kept kicking out and kept hitting moves and kept and yeah, it just it, it lost me. That
0: that's all I'm saying. If you still like the match, that's fine.
2: I'm just saying it lost me. That's that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, so. I still thought it was a very good match. I just I preferred Jericho to Keshida though for sure. Uh yes. Oh yeah. 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 I would agree. I did watch the Cardona bullshit with Mal yeah
2: i uh, i saw five minutes of that and said you know what i think i am good and then i uh clicked off of that part of the video so well did
0: you get to the fucking sex doll as the referee uh, i did yep okay
2: yep. yeah that's about the time when i was like yeah
0: i think i'm uh that's when you were done i that's think i'm okay
2: doing. with this yeah cardona doing like long island iz stick in you know sumo I hall was, uh... it's like i don't know man I- is 2001 zach Ryder spots
0: really what she should be doing in sumo hall in 2023 i mean I, yeah i guess so for what this was i I, mean, I yeah but um i was specifically told joe don't watch anything else on the show other than the top two <laughs> right because people know already that's
2: ddt yeah but, uh, TDT maybe. 4785
0: in sumo hall i think that's a good number for the current state of uh japanese wrestling yeah it looks it looks good where DDT is right now so I think um whatever they paid Chris Jericho which I'm sure was an enormous sum of money um I can't imagine he got his new Japan rate but I mean maybe he did if he did they probably didn't make any money on the show but uh but yeah I you know drawing almost 5,000 at this this day and age look they're not going to do right now you know 11,000 like they did when Kota Ibushi was headlining, you know, 12 years ago in the current state of Japan, so you do 5,000 in Sumo Hall for this show, when you stack it up next to some of the other big show numbers from some of the other non-new, even New Japan companies, to be honest, I mean, even New Japan Um, that's about what New Japan did for uh, what was it, what was their last big show, Power Struggle Power Struggle, yeah, yeah which wasn't in Sumo Hall, it was in um where the fuck was Power Struggle? That was body maker, right now. body maker in Osaka. And what did it do? Like 4, 000, like around the same number, right? Yeah, like 4,000 right, right. or something like that. So, um, you know, and it outdrew what, what Dragon Gate do in, what was that, Osaka or Kobe, where they were last? They were in, Yeah, so just
2: to clarify, 4,046 was the number for Power Struggle. And the Kobe, I think, did... Or no, they they were in Osaka. You're talking about Dragon Gate when they were in, in, in... Dragon Gate Osaka. They were in Osaka. Yeah, they were in yeah. Osaka just a couple of days after that. I ah, let me see what that number was. It was a little less, I want to say.
0: So that's so the point here at. is DDT. That's a good number for DDT. I know that's the, you know like a huge show for them. Whereas Power Struggle is like a secondary show. For like it's not Dominion or fucking Wrestle Kingdom or the G1 Final. You know I understand that, right? But it's it's just to give some. Perspective, you know, destruction in Kobe, forty-two hundred, and destruction in Sumo Hall, five thousand. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with right now. So yeah, so to do forty-seven hundred for this show, that's a good number. You can't, Uh, you know, twenty-four, two thousand four
2: hundred eight was the number for uh, Dragon Gate
0: of Destiny. For for Dragon Gate, so yeah, so the DDT number is a good number. It's a really good number, I think. So. Anyway, we'll talk about DDT again in, like, a year so. <laughs> right. There you go. You got, uh, you your, know what? You got your DDT.
2: Too. I, I do like the, the the main event matches, and Wrestle Universe is an easy service to use. So I might I might yeah. start checking in on their main events a little bit more moving forward. Because I enjoyed quality. it. I enjoyed it. You know. Uh, I also, on my Wrestle Universe uh, subscription, Joe, uh, checked out uh, Noah's Demolition in Fukuoka with uh, Jake Lee losing the GHC title, ending his reign mm-hmm. at 233 days. I don't know what they say they got in that building, but whatever they say, they're lying. That was dire. Did you see what that show looked like? This was the... They yeah, say they have 1,309. My ass, they had 1,309 people in there. Fuck no. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean. Where? <laughs> Where were those people I, sitting? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, look, I, I don't know. Because they weren't in the, uh, they any
2: of the I... decks, because the decks were uh, completely empty. Uh,
0: the floor, well, there was people on the floor. I'll give them that. But uh... Well, what do you think of doing the other half of Demolition Stage in Niigata and drawing a thousand over 1,000 fans for a Daga Hayata main event? It almost, you know, it's only a couple hundred fans short of what Jake Lee's fucking GHC title <laughs> match. Right, did was Daga and Hayata. With Daga and Hayata on top. I wish Daga won the title. By oh, way, which, great. <laughs> get into it. Clap, get into it. But, um, you know, I think the bigger thing here is Cano wins, which I didn't get to this match until a couple weeks after it happened. Because, you know, this was back on uh, October 28th. So, right. We're, we're, we missed we're, we're very behind it. on
2: this, but we figured we might as well get to it now.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I thought that, um, you know, the Jack Morris won the national title from El Gio del Dr. Wagner Jr. Now that's, that could be a developing story because I think El Gio del Dr. Wagner Jr.'s contract is coming up and you know, that he might, that, you know, and him losing this title is a little ominous. So I know he's doing a progress show coming up and, you know, he's really put himself on the map. So we see what happens with that situation but Kano wins the title from Jake Lee and you know, the match was fine, but it's just another Jake Lee match Boring where it's just lulling you to sleep. Fuck, yeah. He just did. It did not work at all. Um, this title reign and you know, it, it's, it it didn't, it just, you know, and then concurrently you have Yuma Aoyagi just killing it in all Japan at the same time, which kind of, you know, turns the knife a little on Lee you know, he's got to be done as a top guy here. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it just didn't work. And he's not really all that conducive to the style and his title range just wasn't good. So, and he held it for a long time. So, you know, he won it from Kato Kiyomiya. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't love the occupant. Did you watch the Shieldzaki match? I don't from like September? Jack, Jake Lee stinks, it's, man. I don't like it. He's boring. He looks like
2: shit. He's never quite sure what his, his gimmick is or what he's supposed to look like or whatever. I think you on our Discord said he looks like a school shooter now. And he kind of does. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like, what are you doing? He's got like a hat and a jacket, and it's like he's just throwing gimmicks against the wall. And the guy is just the biggest fucking dud. I it's just ugh. He's just a pile of nothing. And the yeah, bell rings. He just says these boring ass matches. And these guys try their hardest and like this could match. They slapped each other and kicked each other and punched each other a lot. But at a certain point, that's what the go Shiozaki match was too. And at a certain point, it's like, all right, yeah, I get it. You're slapping each other. You're, you're, you're striking each other. That's kind of cool. Can we, can we maybe, you know, pick this up a notch? And they're always like 30 minutes and, about seventeen minutes in, you're just like, oh right,
0: oh Jake right. Jake Lee's incapable of picking it up. Right, and, I'm like, and they, oh god, we're going. And they to- did a they did a cork in number in this Fukuoka building. They did 1,300 fans or yeah. whatever. He did 900 against Shiozaki. He did this building for people um, that did
2: not see this match. I mean, there there is noticeable that there's nobody in the upper decks. There's nobody on the bleachers. It's all on the floor. It, it, it it's just
0: yeah, it's bad dire but hey yeah. that's this guy I mean, are you 1300 surprised. are you surprised it's Dick yeah. Lee yeah 800 against Takashi Sagara in Ugh. Nagoya um, you know now he did he, they did do 2700 uh, for the match against uh, Marafuji back in yeah, Noah Majestic but you know in the building that they were in it's, it's like they only had 2700 people in fucking sumo hall for that match which is is not great um the sendai match against nakajima drew 1200 so you know it's just um and you know the title change at great voyage ray won the title you know 1300 in the yokohama budokan again a corkin number it just didn't work at the gate the matches weren't great and it, it really represents a real dull time in Noah. Everything post-MUTO, as we predicted, huh. has gone to shit huh. because they didn't build anybody. Huh. They didn't build anybody, and now do this we, is the situation we, they're in. We, we, maybe we know what we're talking about, and maybe we've been around this shit for enough time to... No, nah, that, uh, that can't be. It's got to be something else. So. You, know, you know, I, I really liked alpha wolf and dragon bane against tarasuke and yohei believe it or not um on the undercard um you know because i watched the top four on the show and i i think you know i the jack morris son of the son of wagner was was i thought a better match in the main event slightly and um I, what I didn't really like the Marafuji and Takashi Segera versus, I think it was the end of the road for Axis, Shiozaki and Nakajima. This is how far back we're going because Nakajima was still there. That didn't really land for me, and I think that's the highest rated match on Cage Match, but I, I thought that match was boring. But um, And then they came back in Nigata the following week. Like I said, they headlined with Daga and Hayata, and I was told not to watch it, so I didn't. You didn't have <laughs> to tell me gonna, twice. Yeah, thank. no problem. <laughs> Got it. You, you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't have to tell me twice. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know what?
2: I also will not watch that match. No, thank you. Not interested in
0: yeah, Daga and Hayata. Anthony, and Anthony Green and Jack Morris retained the tag titles against Kato Kiyomiya and Rohe Oiwa because Kato Kiyomiya, I don't think, is ever going to win another match in the rest of his career. But, um, did, did you see Kano's statement?
2: Yeah. He said uh, – Yeah, what were the, the – he, he was dogging on Kiyomiya, but I forget exactly the, the – I want to get the
0: exact words. Yeah, because it, it was good. was good.
2: I'll find it too if I can.
0: Yeah. They announced Kiyomiya for World Tag League, and we all know that he was a fucking bomb in the G1, you know, kayfabe. And Kano uh, as the new champion, had some choice words for Kiyomiya as he goes to World Tag League now as i uh stall for time as rich tries to uh i'm trying i don't know how to find it quote. <laughs> i'm not sure how to get yeah. it but it was whatever it
2: was it was good yeah i'll, I'll see what i can do but uh not... i think it was a
0: there's a there's a tweet Um uh, yeah then i gotta go on
2: twitter so i'll try to find another way
0: there's a tweet floating around uh let me see if i can find it i think uh great radio that's right. Plate shell. <laughs> if you if there. you're around at this point, you're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you got,
2: I clearly have nothing else to do with your night, so. Let's try the Discord and see if it's there. That's what I'm working uh, at. That's what I'm working at.
0: Oh, okay. Well then I'll try something else and see if it's there. Uh, the quote is worth the time. <laughs> to Trust us. No. <laughs> so, um wait. Did really no one post it in the NOAA?
2: That's what I thought. I can't find it there either. That's that's why I'm How striking out no here. How could no one have
0: posted it? Where else would I have seen it? Maybe it's just an embedded tweet or something. So, Oh, here we go. I I got it. You ready? Yeah. Cano had this to say about Kato Kiyomiya being in the World Tag League. Quote, if you can't get results, don't come back to Fuck Noah. Yes. So yeah. uh, he basically laid it on the line. If you if you go there and flop again, you're out, brother. That's going to be the end of you. So we don't want you back. So um, now his literal gimmick is he's a loser. Like <laughs> first KG Muto. Uh, beat this him will into, work. Into I'm positive ground. this time it will work. Yeah. Sure. Now his literal gimmick is he's a fucking loser who doesn't get the job done. Tremendous job, pro wrestling Noah. They the the the, the Muto stuff with all those eyeballs on the company. They successfully built no one not a single person because you let muto run rough shot over everybody so i don't know you get what you get you know you deserve it joe nobody else could have say.
2: predicted that nobody could have Who predicted, could this, have predicted this? <laughs> that this would be the result of it yeah nobody unbelievable so told
0: we're wrong every step of the way <laughs> we're always right so we're insisting always insisting it was a plan that was going to come together <laughs> yeah There's a history here. Mm-hmm. you got to know the history. So this All Japan Real World Tag League, you know, there's only been two shows, and I haven't watched them yet, but they're doing two different teams that are, can they coexist, which is concerning. Um, Nakajima doesn't like Hakuto Omori, and he apparently fired hey, him as fired him partner. already, yeah. <laughs> Did, he already fire- um, Did he replace him, or he just fired him? I think he brought him back, because okay. I-, I think they're 2-0. And, oh. and then... Uh, Hideki Suzuki is not getting along with Suwama, so there's two teams that uh, I don't know if I would have brought Hideki Suzuki in necessarily. I don't know what he's gonna bring to the table other than being a pain in the ass. But <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, he probably won't do a single job. Probably throwing some draws, but it looks like they're building a match with him and Suwama, which I have no interest in. Mm, yeah, no, thank you on that one but, either. Um, but I heard the first night was pretty good, so have to catch up on that another time what else we got left here dude? uh Dragon
2: gate is all well, we got dragon
0: left. gate yep yeah so, so... Dragon
2: Gate at their gate of evolution show uh in cork hall on november 9th uh, case low wrote a great review of it at uh, voices of the open the voice gate guys uh case and mike also talked about the show on this week's episode of open the voice gate uh but i decided to watch it as well watch the business end of the show the uh, the final couple matches and the eight man and the four-on-one handicap main event are must, must, must sees if you are a Dragon Gate fan. If you're somebody who's kind of maybe a lapsed Dragon Gate fan and is starting to fall out of the favor of it, like last week I came on the show and I was like, yeah, I, I, I just didn't love that main event, and a lot of people got on me about, oh no, no, it was great,
0: and it was great, and I, I it spoke more to. So but, I have okay, yeah, so I did watch, watch and yeah, yeah. I told you, I told you, I would tell you what I thought. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I really liked it. That's so fine. that's fine. Um. I have to side with the chat. Actually, I think I fall in between because someone in the chat was like, Oh, it was the best match of the week. I listen, there ain't no way that was better than Osprey versus Shota Aminu. There is no fucking way on earth that yeah. it was a better match than that. So, but I did think it was better than you thought. I think I'd go about four and a half on Kakuda versus Shimizu. But um, but yeah, anyway, I told people I would update them on that. But anyway, go ahead. No, so so I'm somebody who's kind
2: of, like, you sort of fell out of favor a little bit ago with, with uh, Dragon Gate, and I've kind of been wavering a little bit, and uh, here and there, and I check in, but nothing's really making me feel. You know what I mean? I don't feel when I watch Dragon Gate anymore. I watch Dragon Gate, and it's over, and I click the video off, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> you know and there's just I have nothing, I have no takes about him. I have no thoughts about him. Then I see these matches, and I had thoughts about these matches, man. These were fantastic. I'll start with the 4-on-1 handicap match. Uh, it was uh, Luis Monte, who is, uh, of course... You know, lost his mask a couple of months ago, uh, has been kind of working his way, you know, through the Dragon Gate ladder You're now right. as an, yeah, as, as, as former Diamante, as, and so he's unmasked or whatever, and it's a four on one here against Z Bratz, and they beat the fuck out of him, and they beat him up, and you got Shun Skywalker kind of leading the troops or whatever, and then, you know, halfway through the match, Hyo says, fuck this, and throws, you know, salt and or, or, or powder or whatever in Shun Skywalker's face, uh, helps Luis Monte win this match and win the four-on-one handicap match. But, uh, you know, you, you might not think a four-on-one handicap match would be that entertaining, but it is fucking entertaining. I'm telling you, it, it, it is a blast to watch Monte just try to rise up and the fans just all in, 100% in on this guy. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. If we just keep cheering louder, he'll do it. And you got these shitbag heels of Skywalker and Kai and Ishin and, you know, heels not doing too much and then it makes more sense in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Kai and Shun are just the biggest, dirt bag, shit bag heels, and Monte's just firing up little by little, and it's like, come on, he'll do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Then Hio does the turn, and the crowd just loses their mind, and, and, and yeah, he ends up winning uh, uh, the 4-on-1 the handicap match there. So I, I, I really love that match. I thought it was really good and just felt, I felt again in Dragon Gate, and I haven't felt in Dragon Gate in a while.
0: In a lot of promotions, you have the baby face against four heels. The baby face is going to pull off the miraculous win, right? Dragon Gate has never done things like that. you know. We've seen matches over the years where they'll do like a a uh, gauntlet match or something and the heels will just fucking beat the baby face because they're, they're, they have them outnumbered and it just doesn't make fucking sense. You emasculate your heels if they lose in that situation. So, Monte's hanging in there but he's getting his fucking ass kicked. And then they do the turn with Yo. And the crowd goes apeshit crazy. And then you know monte wins and shun skywalker is fucking annoyed you know that, that he'll pull this and this had the heart that dragon gate hasn't had in years you know and really the only other time dragon gate has had this kind of heart recently it was when monte lost his mask so, like, I'm, that was also, like, a throwback Dragon Gate scenario. Yeah, people don't remember how that happened, is, is him and Shun
2: were on the same team, and Shun was kind of like, no, 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 I'll, I'll sacrifice myself. I don't want you to lose your mask or whatever. Right. And then just fucked the guy over. and, and you Double-crossed know, him. Double-crossed him. Yeah. You know, I, I forget if he hooked him onto the... Cage or something like that I forget what it was if he used handcuffs or whatever but but essentially just left the guy laying and said fuck you (laughs) of course I wasn't gonna let you take my mask go to hell you can lose your mask I don't give a shit and and climbs out of the cage or whatever and that had a real moment there where Luis Monte realized fuck I got I got screwed over now I got to get rid of my mask I got to be a whole new man or whatever And, and yeah this was another really really cool moment there so uh, yeah, any any the Monte Shoot Skywalker match is gonna be fucking awesome when those guys have it. And and yeah, uh, yeah, you got a cool little team here with Yo and, 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 and Monte, and I'm all in. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: This long-term build to this, to this, to this singles match, we're gonna get and this really just had so much heart and it was a feel-good moment. And that's what Dragon Gate used to give you on a regular basis. But really, ever since the pandemic and a lot of these guys like Yuki Yoshioka, who to me just haven't worked out. I don't think Kakuta is necessarily working out. Their matches just don't have any heart. And that's what's been missing from Dragon Gate. The crowds aren't really... And, and this was a vintage Dragon Gate crowd because they were given something that emotionally they could attach to. And everybody told me to watch the eight-man semi, which was a great match. But I'm glad, and I just left it on. for. I said, ah, I'm already in. I'm just going to watch the main event. And I ended up liking that so much more than the eight man semi because, but in combination, those two matches that was, it was really, it felt like throwback dragon gate. You had this go, go, go wild action, eight man semi
2: with a young wrestler that, that made you the focus of the match was that Tanaka kid. Um, And, and and he's, he's, he's small, but man, he can move around. And, and that's like a classic dragon gate guy too. That that's, that's the type of dudes I want again in dragon gate. It was just, Dudes that just fucking fly around and do crazy shit. You know what I mean? And that was uh, Rioya. Uh, Rioya, I think is how you pronounce it. Tanaka. Uh, that Tanaka. was that match. Yeah, and, and and that match was totally bell rang and everybody just did shit. You know what I mean? It was just boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Guy, 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 moving all over the place, they jumping all over the place. Yeah. And that's like
0: I felt again. I was like, yes, this is it. This, this is your is... big brother's Dragon Gate. Right. That match. And I didn't think it was like a notebook match. People are like, oh, it's like a match of no, the no, year. No, no, I, no, It was
2: just a fun match was that fun. I enjoyed watching. Yeah.
0: It was fun, and it was a great watch, and it was natural vibe. And I had to sit through a natural vibes dance routine. I, you know, I don't <laughs> you're not doing, you're not dancing? <laughs> God, it's so fun. I hate that. I hated it from day one, okay? I'm a, you are consistent. I'm an original,
2: are consistent. Oh, an original
0: natural vibes hater. Susumu just fucking going through the motions in the early days. Um, he didn't really <laughs> yeah, want to do it. was like, ah, nah, I'm not doing this yet. Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, God, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and then uh, give me a glow stick. I'll, I'll know, dance a
2: glow stick around, but that's it.
0: Tanaka's on the, the courage team, you know. So and and even with Kakuta and Yoshioka, you know, um, he was kind of the focus there. And I was, and then, and then I left it on for the main event. And then I'm glad I did because I'm like, wow, these two matches just feels like your big brother's Dragon Gate yeah. again. And they've been missing that soul. It's been a soulless promotion for a long time. And I've taken a lot of shit for having that taken. I, I just have to call it like I see it. You know, I feel like it's reflected in, in the crowds as well. And um, just a lot of these young guys who are such great workers, they don't have any crowd connection. You know, I don't think Yoshioka has a has a fucking drop of crowd connection. I don't think Kakuta has any crowd connection. And I feel like Monte does. I feel like Luis yes, Monte. Oh, when Monte, when Kyo jumped into
2: his arms, you know, yes. this, this very... I, I don't know the right terminology to do it, but it's very you know it, it's not masculine at all, but it's it's in all the perfect ways of Dragon Gate. You know what I mean? Like very emotional, two men embrace in this very you know deliberate hug. Heo you know, jumps into his arms and they embrace and they cry. Like that's shit's Dragon yeah, Gate, man. It, you know what I mean? Like that's it. That's the ethos of that company.
0: It was. I didn't see it coming, and maybe hardcore Dragon Gate fans did, but I didn't see it coming because I haven't been following. I'm not. I'm not locked in all these Corrigan's. Um, I'm watching what Case Lowe tells me to watch, and he's he's he knows what I'm gonna like and what I'm not gonna like. So, you know, but you know, and, and Monte to me, he might be my favorite guy in the company right now.
2: Yeah, I, I would love agree.
0: them as Diamante. and I love what they're doing here. And Shun Skywalker is one of the best heels in all of wrestling. You know, and and I want Monte to beat this fucking guy. I want the match, and I want him to beat him. You know. And Dragon Gate hasn't made me feel like this in so long where I actually give a shit about a result or seeing a match or a build and they're not rushing through it. You know, this goes all the way back to the cage match. And now this has been months and months. Monte disappeared for a while. Now here, this was great, you know, and, and uh, you've got my attention back. Yeah. You've got my attention back. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm all in again or anything like that, but they have earned my attention and, and, this is what this was the kind of thing that only Dragon Gate can deliver, and they delivered. There's no other promotion in the world that can deliver a moment the way that that moment in that main event was delivered. It's there. There's no other promotion capable of it, and that's what Dragon Gate's been missing. And 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 at least on this night, it was back. So I was real fired up about it and and excited about it. So. uh. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to more Monte moving forward with you. Absolutely. All right, uh, we
2: are approaching the end of the show. Uh, for people that were asking, I have been refreshing like crazy. Uh, the Wrestling Observer with the uh, Hall of Fame results is not out yet, uh, so we we're, I, I, we we stalled for time. We went about twenty minutes over our normal time mostly with the idea that maybe that newsletter would be out by this time, but it is not. So unfortunately we will not be covering that on this show uh, or the overrun. We will figure out some way to cover it at some point in the next couple of days. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, whether it be written content or whatever, you'll, you'll get something. Trust us. You will. We're not going to do all this work on the whole Fame and then the results come out and then we're not going to do anything about it. We'll, we'll do something at some point soon, but uh, yeah, stay tuned for that and uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the results of uh, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, but not on this show. Uh, we are done uh, for this week. Again, Instant Reaction Live for AEW Full Gear coming up this Saturday. Uh, immediately following the show, flagshippatreon.com, $10 tier. Uh, also, if you subscribe to that Patreon, you're going to get the new series, Brett versus Owen, coming up next week, $5 tier uh, for that show but uh, make sure just subscribe to the ten dollars tier. you get live flagships you get live instant reactions you're gonna get all the five dollar bonus audio all the written content everything all at once it's the, the better choice just give us the 10 bucks it's a much better idea uh to do that over at flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and voices of wrestling.com patreon also voices of wrestling.com for previews reviews columns of all the stuff we've talked about on this show uh the discord voice slash discord I definitely want to join that if you get a chance uh we 're on YouTube as well for voice of wrestling uh just Search Voices of Wrestling on YouTube. You'll find us there. Uh, trying to pump that up a little bit more. So anytime uh, you can subscribe to that, we would appreciate it. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to uh, all of our podcasts on whatever podcast app of uh, choice that you, uh, you you may choose. Uh, you got the uh, Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, The Flagship, all of our individual shows as well are all up there. And uh, next week, uh, to be decided about next week's show, but uh, probably going to take the week off with Thanksgiving. But uh, we'll see uh, what ends up happening. But uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for your supports, everything you do. We'll talk to you again next time. That's Joe. I'm Rich. Bye.
1: So if that sounds like fun to you,
0: check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.